Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. And the radio octagon is going to be sizzling once again here today. Plus 23 outside in the Queen City, Regina, Saskatchewan. And we have another show loaded with guests as we are approaching kickoff tomorrow night. It's a 5 p.m. kickoff. Riders, Ottawa Red Blacks. We are going to hear from the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Michael Ball, in hour three. I saw that he was taking some photos around Ottawa, Ontario today, posting them on Facebook and some rave reviews from Michael Ball. He said that it's his favorite CFL city on the CFL circuit. So we're going to ask him about that. We're going to ask him why. In my opinion, the I've never been to Ottawa before, but I don't know. It didn't look like anything special. So I'm going to ask Ballsy about this. How come Ottawa is number one on your circuit? That's coming up at 5.05. And we have a loaded show today. Dante DeCaria. He's a busy man at the Brand Center. He's getting set for the big season. The Pats drop the puck tomorrow night versus the Man, uh, the Manitoba Bisons. The Brandon Wheat Kings. I'm getting all my sports teams crossed up. The Rams take on the Bisons on Saturday. The Brandon Wheat Kings will be hosting the Regina Pats tomorrow night at West Toba Place. And that game can be heard on RM2 tomorrow night with the pregame show starting at 535. Uh, we are going to hear from Andy McNamara as the new week in the National Football League kicks off tonight. It's Thursday night football between the Giants and the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, I'm looking across the board for me here. And Blaine Wyland, you are wearing your... Uh, there we go. George Kittle jersey. I couldn't quite see the number there. The the monitor's in the way. So yes, you're wearing your number 85 jersey. You're wearing your hat. You're ready for Thursday night football. And I think this game might be a blowout tonight. Uh, what what do you feel in your bones? Quickly here, Giants Niners. Oh, I do like the Niners, and especially with Saquon and Andrew Thomas out. Don't like the Giants' chances. So it looks like the Niners are going to be without Brandon Ayuk tonight. Yeah, so it's can't wait to watch that one tonight. Uh, of course, there's no CFL games tonight. There's a double dip tomorrow to get the new week started. And uh, today's show is brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse, by the way, and their new summer feature menu, including jalapeno, a popper dip, hangover helper, new candlestick fries, and 
so many other features, flavors, cocktails, you name it. Maybe head over to the CBH this weekend and watch some CFL football. It's a great place, by the way, to go to on Sunday to watch NFL. They have a lot of TVs. They have a great menu. So check out the Canadian Brew House. It is your one-stop shop for a good time during the football season. And uh, also coming up on today's show, we are going to chat with Jim Barker. Jim Barker, longtime GM, longtime head coach. He is now on the panel uh, for the CFL on TSN. He's going to join us at around 3.45 to talk about the Toronto Argonauts and Michael Pinball Clemens and his contract extension. He, I'm going to ask Jim Barker, what should the Argos do now that they have every, uh, everything sealed up? Kind of talked about it yesterday with Paul Waldo. I'm going to get Jim Barker's take as well as uh, Rash Madani at 4.05 and at 4.35, Kyle Seelaff, the voice of the Miami Marlins, the radio voice of the Miami Marlins. He's going to join us on the Western Pizza Hotline. He's going to talk Marlins baseball and also the rest of the Major League Baseball playoff picture because things are heating up right now. And Kyle Seelaff, his Marlins, as it sits right now, are just a half a game back of a wild card spot. Those pesky Chicago Cubs are in that final playoff spot right now. So can't wait to have that conversation with Kyle Seelaff in hour two. Uh, already mentioned Ballsy at 5.05 and TSN's Glenn Suter. He is going to be hopping on the Western Pizza Hotline as well at uh, about 5.35 today in that Western Pizza Hotline. You could take a slice out of your September schedule and let Western Pizza do the cooking tonight. All right, let's talk about this big game tomorrow before we head to break. I know Dante DeCaria, he is a busy man, so we will get to him in a couple minutes here. But uh, the depth chart is out. Riders, Red Blacks tomorrow night at TD Place Stadium. The Riders' first game in Ottawa, believe it or not, since June 20th, I believe it was, of 2019. Remember that game? That was the game that Dom Davis, he threw for like 255 touchdown passes, came out of nowhere. It was his... uh. Well, safe to say it was the career game that that he had. He's kind of been off the map since then. So this is the first game the Riders play in Ottawa since that date, way back to 2019. And the depth chart is out. Derek Moncrief moves to safety. Revis taking over at linebacker. Demarcus Christmas, he's going to be starting in Miles uh, Brown's spot at defensive tackle. And... Late Corte Moore, he's going to be in at defensive end. Anthony Lanier II is out with injury, so Late Corte Moore with a nice opportunity. And Philip Blake gets to start at left guard. And, of course, Frankie Hickson, he gets to nod at running back as Jamal Morrill will not be playing with an injury. So looking at this depth chart, I, I've always kind of been wondering this throughout the season. We always see Derek Moncrief traveling down the field, covering receivers and such, because he is, you know, at that Sam linebacker spot, and the Sam linebacker ends up, you know, covering receivers. So this, I think this is kind of like a pretty good fit for Derek Moncrief. I'm very interested to see him playing Wyland uh, play at the free safety position tomorrow night. Yeah, he plays there at times throughout the season, and I find and you know talked to these guys throughout the season in terms of Moncrief, C.J. Revis, uh, Jaden Dulkey. You know the safety and the uh, strong side linebacker positions very similar in the responsibilities. Um, so 
Not, I don't think it's a big change. It's more of uh, getting both Moncrief and C.J. Rivas on the field at the same time. As well, they got to manage the ratio a little bit differently uh, with Lake Corte Moore starting the defensive end as well. Yeah, another note as well, Mason Fine, he's back on the roster. He's going to be backing up Jake Dolagala tomorrow night at TD Place Stadium. So it's good to see Mason Fine suited up once again. Of course, he missed the last couple weeks due to injury. He's back, so Dolagala will get the start, but we do have Mason Fine back in the lineup tomorrow. All right. We're going to hit the break. Dante DeCaria is coming up next, the voice of your Regina Pats. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House here on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM on location. Ah, uh, yes, the sports cage is happening, and so are the rest of us. We're out at the hospital's Regina Foundation Home Lottery Show Home, or your home, as it were. The Home Lottery uh, Home is worth a lot of cash. We've also got the $750,000 Echo Lake Cottage. That's uh, the early bird prize, plus $10,000. Now, those draws are coming up, but coming up tomorrow night at midnight is it is the cutoff for one of the bonus prizes, which is an Audi. Or is it an Audi? Anyway, it's a hot-looking car and an Alpine bonus, or you can take away the $75,000 cash. Now, what is that Alpine bonus? It's 12 nights for two in uh, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, or, like I said, take away the $75,000. Here's how you're going to get your tickets. Stop by and see us today. We're at a very nice location in the Creeks. Uh, we would love to see you. There's going to be uh, somebody here selling you a ticket, 4143 Fieldstone Way, or call this number, 1-800-667-7760. That's 1-800-667-7760. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Who's ready for some Regina Pats hockey? 2023 season starts up tomorrow. Cannot wait for it. New slate of games, new opportunities, new hope for the red, white, and blue, the Regina Pats. Of course, no Connor Bedard this year, so, you know, that was the main kind of focus going into the season last year for obvious reasons. Now it's more of a, I believe, like a a team-oriented approach as far as the the fans' mindset goes. You know, we got a lot of great players. I'm going to ask uh, the voice of the Pats now, Dante DeCary, about a couple of those guys. Dante, I saw yesterday that the Regina Pats have claimed 2003-born defenseman uh, Keegan Slaney off of waivers from the Calgary Hitmen. What can you tell Pats fans about uh, this nice-looking defenseman? Yeah, you know, I saw a lot of people on Twitter wondering about the move. Why aren't the Pats necessarily going out and train, trading assets to bring in maybe a, a bigger 20-year-old? But um, to me, I think this is a fantastic move from Al Miller. Um, it's a great, you know, it's it's a perfect time to use the waiver wire to kind of fill your roster with Drew Sim out. So the Pats essentially were going to go into Friday with just, you know, two overagers with Drew Sim out long-term, and now they've got three. So... Um, you know, it was a great move from Al Miller just because you didn't have to give up any assets to get a, a veteran defenseman. And this is a guy who was previously drafted in the first round with the Edmonton Oil Kings. He spent the last couple of years in Calgary, and now he comes here to Regina. Um, I know he's practicing with the team today, so that's nice to see. Not entirely sure what to expect out of him. Um, obviously saw him a little bit with Calgary last year and the year before. And he's kind of, you know, a defensive defenseman. Uh, can skate a little bit and move the puck, and he's very physical as well. But uh, again, back to my previous point, I think 
it's important to add a guy without giving up an asset just because the the, uh, the prospect pool and the and the draft picks are pretty slim right now. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you don't want to give up any more draft picks moving forward. You pump for tomorrow, Dante. I mean, this is a long time coming. Pat's finally back at it. The season starts up for real here. It's a 5.30 p.m. pregame show here on 620 CKRM on RM2 as the Pats are in Brandon to take on the Wheaties at West Toba Place. Uh, man, I cannot wait for this. And maybe just give uh, Pats fans a bit of a rundown on how the roster is looking this season for, you know, the casual listener, the casual fan that maybe, you know, tunes in off and on. They, they want to know what kind of team the Pats have this year. How How's the goaltending situation looking? How is uh, the top couple lines looking for the Regina Pats here in 20? 2023. Yeah, I mean, to answer your first question, really excited for tomorrow's game in Brandon, but more excited for the home opener on Saturday inside the Brand Center because it's going to be really exciting with a pregame tailgate party that begins at 4 o'clock and concludes at 6 with puck drop at 7 o'clock, and that's all at the uh, Viterra International Trade Center. And then to answer your second question, as far as the um, upcoming roster goes, it's a, a team that actually has an average age of 18.3, I believe, if my math stands correct. Um, thanks to Kevin Shaw for adding that up for me last night. But, um, yeah, so it's funny. You know, you could say, well, it's a very unexperienced group. It's a team with a lot of young players. Yes and no. They do have a good mix of young players, but also some veteran players that have been here for a couple of years. And I look at guys like Ty Spencer and Braxton Whitehead and Zane Rowan, some of the 04s, maybe some of those 05s that haven't necessarily done too much, like Zachary Shantz and Sam Aremba. You know what you're going to get from Tanner Howe and Borea Vallis. Um, another guy that's looking to step it up, Leighton Feist as well, and Kelton Pine in between the pipes with you and UA being a rookie. And uh, I think it's, it's an opportunity for those guys to kind of blossom. Right with six players, six key players not returning from last year's roster with Bedard, Smolzel, Suzdalev, Brown, Bateman, and Janelle. So that means there's going to be a lot of ice time available for some of these players, and hopefully they relish those opportunities. Uh, you look up and down the roster, the defense is very inexperienced, but the Pats have an abundance of forwards with a lot of skill. Cole Temple was picked fifth overall a couple of years ago. He will be joining the Pats for the upcoming season. Same with Corbin Allman, who was picked in the uh, early portions of the second round in that same draft as Cole Temple. But those guys are just 16 years old. You can't really kind of put a lot of, uh, I guess, pressure on those two players. I think we became, I don't know if the word is uh, greedy, but uh, we we're very lucky to have um, you know, Connor Bedard and Tanner Howe and what they did at 16 because that kind of stuff just doesn't really happen. Bedard had 100 points and Howe had close to 70. So, no, I think this team is going to have to score by committee. And, that's you know, the defense to me is going to be uh, going through those ups and downs and, you know, those waves. You look at, you know, Bridgman, Krestinovich, two rookie defensemen that have made the team. And, and then, you know, a guy like Carter Herman and Ty Plazier who played a couple of games last year but not too much. So that's, uh, you know, Corbin Vaughn in the mix as well. So again, there's a lot of young D on that on that back end that are uh, going to be fighting for ice time as well. The voice of the Regina Pats here on the Western Pizza Hotline. This is Dante DeCaria and Dante as well coming up here on Saturday. I, I, you can't sneak this one by me, my friend, but the Pats, I saw on Twitter yesterday that they are going to be revealing some brand new unis. That's what I'm looking forward to. Can you drop us any type of hint or will you get in trouble if you do so? What are these unis looking like, man? I got to ask uh, i've actually only ever seen them once uh i have never been too much of a of a new jersey type of guy hmm. uh, it's weird that i say that but I, ever since i was a kid i've never been like big into jerseys or anything like that 
Hmm. Um, you know, so uh, they are very nice. Um, and um, I think fans are going to be really excited to see them. Um, as far as what they look like, I don't think I can kind of give that away. But, you know, as far as when they can expect them to be revealed, well, that's going to be when the players come out of the tunnel for a puck drop, which is at 7 o'clock on Saturday inside the Brand Center. So uh, they won't be worn in warm-up, but they will be worn uh, during the game. And uh, they are very sharp. They're very sharp jerseys. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much I could really say about how yeah. I can describe them without, without kind of maybe getting a slap on the wrist here. So I, I guess <laughs> I'll just let the fans come out to the Brand Center and uh, hopefully see them for themselves. I was going to ask, are they red? But you don't need to answer that. I don't want to get Dante to carry on trouble not here. Red. Oh, They're okay. Not red. Not red. No, I, I'm liking this where this is going. So talk a little bit more about uh, what's happening prior to Puck Drop on Saturday. The home opener tailgate party. Live music by the Jonner Brothers. We know them well here on 620 CKRM and a free barbecue as well. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be extremely exciting. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff planned for the fans. It's going to uh, start at 4 o'clock, finishing up at 6 with puck drop at 7 o'clock. So essentially, uh, the tailgate party runs all the way until close to warm-up. So uh, it doesn't get any better than that. And that will be at the Viterra International uh, Trade Centre, which is obviously pretty close to the Brand Centre. And uh, all ticket holders for, for, uh, for this game will be able to participate in a free barbecue, which includes a hamburger and a hot dog, as well as chips, pop, and water. And again, the Jonah Brothers, you mentioned them, you know, part of the entertainment. There's going to be uh, some giveaways as well as the first 500 fans at the tailgate party will re- receive a free bag of popcorn provided to us by Real. And all fans that enter the building uh, will receive a glow stick to flash and wave during the pregame ceremony, Ooh. as well as uh, magnet schedules, which will be available throughout the concourse as well. So lots of giveaways. There's also going to be, you know, a raffle that potentially could be taken out during the game as well. Autograph Alley is back post game, and uh, we've got uh, a surprise appearance from a very special and uh, cool alumni who will be passing the torch as part of our pregame ceremony. So we've got face painting, we've got games, we've got free food for our tailgate, music, you name it. It's going to be awesome. We've got a huge slide for kids to have fun and play in. And then once, you know, we get close to the puck drop, a really cool opening ceremony with a fantastic new intro video and those new jerseys. I mean, so much to reveal on Saturday night. It's now, I guess, up to the listener or for whoever's tuning in today to kind of you know, get to reginapats.com and get their tickets so that they can kind of find out what the jerseys look like and, and kind of, you know, experience the festivities for themselves. Wow, Saturday's going to be hype, my friend. That yeah, sounds there's like, a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. Do the Pats make the last one for you? Do the Pats make the playoffs this year? Got to ask you this before the official puck drop of 2023. Yeah, you know, Sean, um, I've answered that question a couple of times. I think I talked with Ballsy a little bit, and I talked about it in a couple of the broadcasts. And I'll answer it this way, and this is kind of what I've been saying, and I truly believe this. In fact, I had a nice chat with Nathan Cantor, the now the voice of the Vancouver Giants, the other day about this as well, because he asked the same question. And I said, it's going to depend on two things. Is it going to be a top-heavy conference, or is it going to be evenly spread out? You look at the 2021-22 season, the Pats missed the playoffs by two points. They finished 11 games or so under 500, and they almost made the playoffs. The team that finished 10 games under 500 made the playoffs. Okay, so is it going to be one of those years where a team at eighth or seventh place can finish well under 500 and still make the playoffs. So there's the first question. The second question is, is it going to be like last year, where every team in the Eastern Conference from eight all the way to one, obviously, is over 500 or just at 500? 
right? So the question is, is it going to be a top-heavy conference or is it going to be evenly spread out? To me, I think it's going to be evenly spread out, which I think gives the Pats the best opportunity to make the playoffs. I don't see them, you know, finishing with a higher record than they did last year. Last year, 34-30-4, you know, around 500 with the, the greatest player in Canada in Connor Bedard, right? I think it's unrealistic to expect them to finish with a higher record than they did last year, although stranger things have happened. So to me, just looking at around the league, I don't see a Winnipeg. There's no Edmonton like two years ago in the Eastern Conference. So I think the doors are wide open for it to be evenly spread throughout the conference. And so that gives the Pats the best chance. But again, as I mentioned earlier, stranger things have happened. To me, if it's more of a top-heavy conference, then I think it might be a little bit more difficult for this team to make the playoffs, but it could be the other way around. So I, I think those are the two scenarios you have to look at coming into the season, but I guess time will tell. Dante the Carrier going into his third season as the voice of the Regina Pats. Have a good call tomorrow night, my friend, and for the rest of the season here. Thank you so much, Zinger. Appreciate it. That's Dante DeCaria on the Western Pizza Hotline. Cannot wait to listen to some Regina Pats hockey here in 2023-24. And it all gets going tomorrow. The Brandon Wheat Kings welcome the Regina Pats to West Toba Place. Once again, it will be on RM2 tomorrow night. So keep that in mind. The Rough Rider broadcast will be on the main network here. So if you want to listen to the Pats game, all you have to do is go to 620CKRM.com and you'll see the banner right on the homepage. You just simply have to either, if you're on a desktop computer, scroll your mouse over, click it, and then voila, you'll be listening. Or if you're on your smartphone, just give it a tap with your index finger, pinky finger, your thumb, whatever finger you want to use, and then you'll be listening to Regina Pats Hockey. Cannot wait for it, and uh, it's going to be fun. And the Saturday night game, the home opener, will be on the main network here on 620. CKL Ram cannot wait for it. We are going to hit the break here on the other side before Ballsy, uh, I was going to say took off to Ottawa, but that kind of sounds like, you know, he's <laughs> going there without a purpose. Before Ballsy boarded the charter flight with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to go to Ottawa for the big game tomorrow night, Ballsy caught up with Andy McNamara to give us some betting tips for week three in the National Football League, and we are going to hear those coming up next. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM on location. Hi there, it's Gloria Evans. It's the HRF Home Lottery, and we have got a chance for you to get your early bird ticket. Well, a ticket that is the bonus prize deadline, which is tomorrow night. That is that trip over to the Alpine Adventure uh, for two, for 12 nights, plus a very special car, a 2023 Audi A3. Hartley Markson just popped by and uh, purchased his ticket. Haven't seen Hartley in a long time, and that's what this is all about. We want to see our, our radio friends pop by, and of course, it would be even more fun to have your name announced on radio and say that you'd won something very special and one of those big special items is the final draw the hospital's regina foundation home lottery the grand prize show home at 1.3 million dollars the fifty thousand dollar cash prize that goes with that located at 4143 fieldstone way the creeks you maybe look at the home online but nothing beats coming down to see it for yourself don't forget the add-ons the 50 50 add 
hat on, uh, it's going to be worth a lot of money. And the 100 Days of Cash, that's new, uh, winning $25,000 on December 15th, and then $1,000 a day for 100 days. So pretty cool stuff, I would say. Make sure that you get your ticket. Do it right now. Uh, there's going to be somebody here till 9 o'clock. 1-800-667-7760. That's 1-800-667-7760. Now I'm Blaine Wallen with your sports ticker. And earlier today, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders released their depth chart for tomorrow's matchup against the Ottawa Red Blacks. And looking over their changes on offense, Frankie Hickson will get the start at running back in place of Jamal Morrow, who's out with a knee injury. Philip Blake will move into the starting lineup at left guard, replacing Evan Johnson, who will be the team's sixth offensive lineman. And Mason Fine is back as the backup quarterback for the Riders. He's been out since August 11th with a hamstring injury. And once again, that game tomorrow on 620 CKRM begins with countdown to kickoff at 2 o'clock. Opening kickoff is at 5 o'clock. The Toronto Blue Jays will look for the sweep in the Bronx tonight. It's Jose Barrios taking on Garrett Cole. The Blue Jays will be without Vladimir Guerrero Jr. For the second straight day, he's day-to-day with a knee injury. And back to the gridiron, Thursday night football in the NFL. It's an old-school matchup between the New York football Giants and the San Francisco 49ers. The Giants will be without running back Saquon Barkley and left tackle Andrew Thomas. And it looks like the 49ers will be without wide receiver Brandon Ayuk. And that's your sports ticker. Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, Andy McNamara, our betting expert. You got to be just sick to your stomach watching that oh. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb oh. injury. No, oh. ballsy, please. I can't take it anymore. No, I know that was. You, you know what? It was one of those things. I I really respect the the broadcast saying we're mm-hmm. not going to show it. But but what does that automatically make you do? You're like, well, I kind of got to see it, yeah. and then I. Then you go to Twitter and you're like, oh, Aikman was right. I shouldn't have seen it. That yeah, was bad. It was terrible. I hope he's not done for his career. The only thing I'll say is I that know. at least he signed that big deal, so he's good financially. Like, he's he's pretty yeah. good now, so that's good for him. But yeah. let me ask you, does this, what happened to him, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, it sucks mm. for the fantasy world, but these guys wanted to get paid, okay? They want to get money, and rightfully so. But does what what's happened the first couple of weeks, is that... Does that back what they say, or is that back what the owners have said? It kind of, unfortunately, backs what the owners are showing, is that this is a violent position, um, and it has a short shelf life. There's a reason there's that cliche and that stereotype of uh, when you're 28, you're washed, right, as a running back in general. And it's because, like, we have to think about it, Balzi. Like, like, listeners, think about this. That and linebacker. You are running into a car crash. You are running into a wall every single time you touch the ball. Like, yeah. There's only so many times you can do that, and it's a rare athlete that can go longer without getting seriously injured and lasting and doing it at a high level. Well, that's so, why that's why you can't lump these different position groups into like the rookie contract class. There has to be a different yeah. designation for guys because to just blanket a running point. back with like a kicker or a safety or something, you can't do that. Yeah. You know what? That's I hadn't thought of that. That's an interesting point. Maybe it should be something along the lines of running back, uh, you know, rookie deal for X or an elevated amount, and mm-hmm. then you'd have to just get it. Then I guess the only thing is you'd have to get into the logistics of what if you have those tweener ones who are kind of half running back, half receiver, you know, but 
Overall, I think there's something to work with there. I like that idea. All right, so let's get down to it. we got the Thursday night game. It's the San Francisco 49ers and the New York football Giants. Oh. How about how about this for a pickup? I, I, I hear he's available in a lot of leagues. Matt Breda, the running back, Giants. Like, I guess... To be honest, <laughs> basically, basically, what you're saying is ballsy. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. I get it. No, 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 not at all. Because it's a good question. Because you want to see it's it's in fantasy. It's the handcuff, right? You want to get the backup. You want to get the next guy up. So that makes sense. But I feel like we've seen Matt Breda. Like I get, like you know, it's not going to be a great situation. The guys I think you want to get, and they're probably gone by now, but if for some reason Jerome Ford is available, he's number one. Mm-hmm. You got a Tony Jones Jr. or a Kendry Miller. Um, that's a, a next level um, type of guy there too. So those are, those types are where you sort of want to be looking at fantasy wise. Like Matt Breda might be for a one-off, but don't be, like if he gets you 10 fantasy points, you're going to be having a good day. And the problem is this matchup like, the Niners are favored by nine and a half. Balty, give me the points. Like, I, I would take the Niners, I think, if it's 14. I think it's going to be a curb stomp. Yeah, I don't see a lot of um, – I do not see a lot of uh, weakness with the 49ers, do you? No, the only weakness potentially is eventually their quarterback. That's the only – because it's such a system-driven, and it works, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I can kind of see, like, okay, Brock Purdy's doing well, but then after that – it's Sam Darnold. Can Sam Darnold, who has failed everywhere he's gone, and after that, Brandon Allen, Purdy got hurt last year. Is Sam Darnold going to be able to step in? So quarterback's my only question there. Other than that, boy, that's a pretty solid team. Speaking of running backs, how about uh, Zach Moss of the Indianapolis Colts? Yes. He's available at almost 70% of leagues. Yes. You know what? I was, as we were talking, I was trying to like, who's the, there's a name on the tip of my tongue. And that's exactly the guy where I would look to go. Um, if you miss out on a Jerome Ford and Zach Moss is going to be one of those guys who's sliding under the radar a little because we've heard the name in general has had an unimpressive career. Mm-hmm. But last week, here, here's what we got to look at. Not, don't get sucked in by just touchdowns. You see, like, let's say Tony Jones for, um, for New Orleans because Jamal Williams is expected to miss a bunch of time. Two touchdowns. Is it sustainable? Now we have to look at probably not two touchdowns. So now we have to look at the usage in yards per carry. For Tony Jones Jr., it was lower, and Kendry Miller, the rookie, is going to be coming in soon, so that squashes him a bit. But Zach Moss, 18 carries, 88 yards, and a touchdown, also catching four passes. This shows involvement, and they're going to him often, and that is where you really need the fantasy value. Is Can he stand alone if he doesn't get a touchdown? If Zach Moss's pattern from last week is any indication, the answer is yes. This guy here, Andy McNamara, knows his stuff. He has been trumpeting Marvin Mims Jr. with yeah. the Denver Broncos, and I think he's still available in a lot of leagues that I was kind of researching, and this guy here is getting some chemistry with Russell Wilson now. Sure is. Sure is, Ballsy. Yep. That's that's why hashtag Ask Andy, baby. That's why you listen to Sports Cage, right? You, that's get, to, right. you get the hot tips that's and, right. and so forth. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But he, he is, you know, Russ isn't great, but Russ is finding something with him. Yeah, and here's what we have to look at. So in in an offense, and, and I, I'm still not quite sure what to make of the Broncos, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Marvin Mims is a guy, he had he had incredible success in college with four, I think three or four different quarterbacks. So he's adaptable. He's a slot guy. He's quick. And especially with the injury history of Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, this is someone I could really see if you pick him up now, maybe you don't start him every week, but I could see the last 
four, five, six games of the season, this guy could help you win your fantasy playoffs because that's the time sometimes these rookies start coming on, and we've seen them flash. Like, a big game, you can't deny. And the thing is, with that, that big yardage, it was only on two catches. But also, look, he carried the ball twice. More involvement, second week for a rookie. So it looks like they're expanding his role, and that's the time where you want to get a guy before he really, really goes off. I want to talk about two other receivers because receivers are big in fantasy, okay, obviously, passing league and everything like that. Matt LaFleur's uh, offense in Green Bay is great for fantasy production. Now, I'm not an expert, but I've been watching this guy. How about Jaden Reed with the Green Bay Packers? Yeah. Yeah, and, and this is someone who really has been catching my eye. And, again, it's a case where it's like, okay, is this is this a young player with a young quarterback? What, what are we seeing here? So, again, let's look. Two touchdowns last week. Can't ignore it. But what does the rest look like? Four catches, but targeted eight times. Now, the yardage was low. That's a little concerning. But for somebody who's making their second start now, we see, okay, you play New Orleans, you play Detroit, Vegas, then the bye. I'd be interested if you have, like, I wouldn't drop somebody of no, but if you have that guy at the end of your roster and your fantasy team and you're not going to play and you know you're not going to, yeah. pick up a Jaden Reed. Maybe you don't play him this week. Maybe you do, but you hold on to him. Does he pop? And if he doesn't, then you drop him for somebody else. But I'm with you. I think there's some potential here. And there's one other one maybe you could bargain bin shop for here. How about this? This guy, Tank Dell, for the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. The, uh, people were talking about him coming out of training camp, you know, on fantasy rosters, but they got a rookie quarterback and a weak roster with the Texans. However, last game here against the Colts, he had seven catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. I just want to get your thoughts on on a name that a lot of people wouldn't know about. Yep, and I really like Tank Dell coming out of the Senior Bowl, and that's why when we talk about the right, it's like, oh, the combine people laugh. Oh, they're running around. Or the Senior Bowl. Oh, they're in Mobile, Alabama. Well, guess what? (laughs) That's where you see and track guys like a Tank Dell, and it's like, okay, you know what? I make little notes. Make little Like that Puka Nakua that no one heard of? Puka Puka and Tutu, good Lord, in L.A. I I look back, Baldy, at my draft notes, and I I had a little star beside Puka. I forgot about it, but I had a star beside him. Mm. And so for Tank Dell, it's like, okay, he flashed, so we get to, to see a little bit. Now, you're right. That is a weak roster in Houston. The only other guy he really is looking to go to is Nico Collins, who I also like. But Tank Dell, we look at the target share. That's 10. You can't ignore it. Yeah. Like that is, that's up from 4 to 10. Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, New Orleans. The Pittsburgh's going to be tough, but the rest around that is doable. So that's another guy where I would probably – pick up a Tank Dell before a Jaden Reed if I had to pick one or the other just because there's not a lot of options. Yeah, two other questions for you, Andy Mack. Um, yeah. Do you honestly, don't look at it through your uh, your orange and brown goggles, okay? Oh, God, okay. Is, okay. The, is the Sean Watson really a franchise quarterback? <laughs> not right now. Not, I'm telling you, Baldy, I'm, I'm, I'm in uh, Cleveland this weekend. I'm going down to the mm-hmm. game. Um and I will boo his ass out of that building. I will tell you that, my friend. Okay, okay. I- I'm not putting up with this garbage. Like this is ridiculous. You got this guy cracks under pressure like I haven't seen for someone who's supposed to be this star ball. Is he going back to last year? It's pressure. Yeah, you got 230 million bucks. No pressure. No diamonds. Okay. Yeah. Get with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And lastly, before we plug where they can find you, didn't you? Didn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> Doesn't it smell when the Rams kick a meaningless field goal at the end oh of the game God. when it's 30 to 20? Aren't there a lot of betters oh. going, what's up here? Dude, that was weird. 
I want like there's a lot of pressure going down. I would. I, I would hope the NFL or would think I'd be interested in some sort of investigation. Has he, I don't even think, has he answered this? Has he given a good reason? I don't because think so. It's, it's weird. And if like, here's the problem, all the betting, like how God, all of these betting companies in with the NFL. So what if you have something where the coach is influenced by whatever, and that was a field goal kick. Well, that opens up a whole can of worms. And that, why is the NFL popular? Betting in fantasy football. If you lose the trust, you can turn into boxing real quick. Yeah. And like, I've always said that too about the Super Bowl national anthem. If I was, let's just throw it out there. <laughs> if I was Chris Stapleton or Blake Shelton, why wouldn't I call my buddy Andy McNamara and say, okay, listen, I'm going to go below two minutes and 30 seconds. Yep. Like you just yep. bet below 230 I'll be below it for sure like yeah. you know what I mean like I wonder if that oh, ever happens <laughs> well like, like, even not even that but let's say the workers who you hear the uh them practice they practice at the arena at the yeah. stadium yeah and they go on and be like okay get, get your your third cousin's uh, neighbor go bet on the under this guy's singing fast today come on hey I'll tell you what where do you're, you're funny and you're smart where do they get a hold of you where do they get a hold of you Oh, well, you can check out the sick podcast with Andy Matt. That's on YouTube up right now. It gives your fantasy football some start sits, some waiver wire pickup stuff right now on uh, YouTube and uh, on Twitter. The link is there too at sickpodbrowns at andymc81 and on uh, Instagram at andymcsports. Well, I don't know if it's possible, but enjoy Cleveland. Oh, dude, it is a great day. I want to get you down there one year, man. We'll, one we'll year. have fun. We'll have fun together. Take care, bud. <laughs> oh, see you, buddy. Bye-bye. That's Michael Ball with Andy McNamara. Before a big kickoff tonight, New York Giants and the San Francisco 49ers kicking off week three in the National Football League. We are going to hit the break and we have Jim Barker, CFL on TSN, ready to roll coming up next. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM on location. Hi there, it's Gloria Evans. Hospitals of Regina Foundation Home Lottery. Don't miss out on this. We've got so many great prizes to give away. Of course, the end deal is the $1.3 million grand prize show home at 4143 Fieldstone Way. You can stop by until 9 o'clock tonight to pick up your ticket. But what we really want to tell you about today is the uh, the big prize, the bonus prize, or $75,000 cash. That is a beautiful Audi, a 2023. A3 plus 12 nights for two people, Alpine Adventure through Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. So get your inner yodel on and buy a ticket, uh, or you can walk away with the $75,000 cash. The deadline, of course, is tomorrow night again at midnight. Also, the Echo Lake Cottage Early Bird Prize is coming up, and that includes the home out at uh, the lake, or, you know, not. But if you you can't win unless you get a ticket. This is what Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. All right, it's 349 here inside the sports cage. I'm Sean Kleisinger. Blaine Wyland alongside me today as Michael Ball is in Ottawa for the big game tomorrow night at TD Play Stadium. Riders, Red Blacks, the Rough Riders' first game in Ottawa since June of 2019. Cannot wait for it. And a quick NFL note, Dallas Cowboys defensive back Trevon Diggs, he suffered a torn ACL in practice today, unfortunately, and he is out 
for the season. So things started off really good for the Dallas Cowboys. A little bit of adversity here as they go into week number three. We are going to go to the Western Pizza Hotline now and chat with CFL on TSN's Jim Barker. Now, Jim Barker's been around in the Canadian Football League. He has been a general manager. He's been a head coach, you name it. And uh, he is joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Jim, thanks for uh, carving out a couple minutes today. Great to be here. I was I started out as a guest coach in Saskatchewan. There we go. Yeah, take us through. How did you uh, get? Uh, how did you get into the league? Take us through that process. Actually, when in 1994, when Ray Yock was the head coach, he brought in Pat Perlis, who was a friend of mine. We worked camps together. And Pat asked me to come up as a guest coach and help him with the offensive line. And uh, it was one of the greatest times of my life. I just I just loved it. And then two years later, got a chance to come up there full-time to Montreal. So that was kind of my start, was in Saskatchewan with Coach Yock. Yeah, and uh, you went on to be the general manager for the Toronto Argonauts 2011-2017. to And now the person holding that role is, of course, Michael Pinball Clemens. And I want to talk to you about uh, the pinball because uh, the news came in yesterday that uh, Michael signed a contract extension. And when I think of the Argos, I think of pinball. When I think of pinball, I think of the Argos. I can't think of a, you know, a more perfect person for that role in Toronto. Well, in Toronto, when pinball walks in the room, the Argos are cool, and it's great to be a fan. And uh, that's not the case with in, in all situations here in Toronto. But he's done a fantastic job, and uh, I was with him last year and got an opportunity to, you know, to, to work with him as an advisor and help him with putting, you know, putting things in the way that he wanted to get them put in. And he's built a very strong team, very strong staff, and uh, is very deserving of his extension. Hey, what would you advise the Toronto Argonauts to do right now, uh, going down the stretch here? Because we all know that they have clinched the East Division. Uh, it doesn't happen too often. I know the Montreal Alouettes, they always used to clinch the division, like halfway through the year when Anthony Calville was their quarterback. But now here we sit, going going into the new week here in the Canadian Football League, Week 16. The Argos, they have locked up the top spot in the East with a 11-1 and record. They... Uh, are at home to Hamilton this week. So, Jim Barker, I want your opinion. Uh, how do the Argos approach these uh, last few games in the regular season? Well, this is a little bit of uncharted territory. I don't know that any team has ever clinched first place with six games still on their schedule. Uh, they still have to play six games. So, mm-hmm. I don't think that's happened. Usually, it's clinched with three games to play or two games to play. But they have six games to play. And I'm I'm betting what they do. Ryan Dinwiddie last year that was kind of their mantra was we're going to play one week at a time and we're going to be one and zero this week. And that's what he has to do because this team is no way ready uh, playoff ready yet. They need they ha- they can get so much better. People forget they have a quarterback starting in his first year as a, a quarterback in the CFL. You know, a lot of the younger other younger quarterbacks get a lot of recognition this guy he's been basically in games he started and finished he's been 11 and 0 this year or 10 and 0 this year so are 11 and 0 uh the only game they lost he came out after the first quarter so uh but he is still a first year player and there's so many things he can learn just by being on the field and going through 
the different situations he's going to come up with. And, you know, they play Hamilton this week, and they've beaten Hamilton already three times. And you think, okay, well, it's tough to beat a team four times. But should they win this week, then they're looking at maybe having to play them to go to the Grey Cup and have to beat a team five times in the same season, and that's not counting the preseason. Mm. So it's it's uh, it's it's a little bit of a, you know, if there was ever a game that maybe they could afford to not win, but I don't think they're approaching anything with we're going to protect this guy or we're going to. I think they're they're approaching it like any other week, and they're going to go one and zero this week, and then they're going to go one and zero next week, and then they I think are I think they play Winnipeg. Um, coming up here, that's going to be a big ball game, and I believe they'll put you know their best effort forward for that. So I, I think they're going to take it one game at a time, and that was that's been Dinwiddie's um, all last year when I was with them. That was their their mantra was you know we need to be one and zero this week. So you know this team was eleven and seven last year, and obviously there was a lot of doubters because they had a, a first year quarterback coming in. But he's a he's a special player, and I saw him practice all last year, and uh, I think maybe the maybe the league takes him a little lightly. I know there's a lot of great young quarterbacks in the league, but nobody has done what Chad Kelly has done. Yeah, talk about these young quarterbacks in the league this year. Uh, Jim Barker, CFL on TSN's Jim Barker. I, I'm talking a lot about Chad Kelly, but there's other guys across the league that are kind of catching some steam. You got Trey Ford in Edmonton. We got uh, Crum in Ottawa. What do you make of the young crew well, at the QB position? Obviously, well, we got Luke Dolagalo yep. also in uh, in Saskatchewan, who I think is paired with the right offensive coordinator for him and uh, is getting a chance to show the things he's done. Well, Trey Ford, obviously, is the one that everybody talks about. And, you know, the two things that cause offenses to struggle are turning the ball over, causes your team to struggle, and sacks, losing yardage. Um, Football is such a field position game. Well, Trey Ford, neither of those happen. The, the, The linebackers, defensive line, Everybody plays different with him back there, and you guys saw it last week in Saskatchewan. Your pass rush is different. You come under control because you don't want to get too many, give him too many lanes to have a shot to get to the linebackers because there's not a linebacker in the league that one-on-one is going to tackle him in the open field. I mean, he's got too much spot quickness, very similar to Tracy Ham that uh, I had um, actually, the year before I had Doug Flutie in '97, Tracy Ham in '96, and then him in '97, and then Flutie in '97. And I see Trey a lot like Tracy Ham right now. He's got Tracy had just incredible spot quickness, and he taught over years, over time, he learned to be a, a a passer. But he had such great quickness, he could get away with a lot. And you know, I don't obviously um, Trey is has brought some things to that team where teams have to play him differently. And he obviously is is a true threat. It's going to be interesting as they finish their season with four games against four playoff teams and how they do there. Uh, but that's going to be very interesting. Crum uh, in... Um, in Ottawa is he's got to he's got to learn how to win games and again I know he doesn't have control of everything but um, they just they lose too many games they shouldn't lose and they've they've been close at times 
But to be up 10 points with a minute 50 left, yeah. and again, uh, it was just to, to try that field goal was, and, you know, I, I know Bob is standing by his decision, and that's great for him. Um, it was one of the worst decisions I've seen in my time in the league. I just, if you, I thought actually when he lined up, I said, oh, this is going to be cool. The first time I've seen a, a team kick, kick the ball from the kicking position out of bounds. We used to do it all the time with Don Matthews. He thought it was one of the great ways to get the ball out of bounds inside rather than punting. Um, but they, they put the ball out of bounds, either whether they punt it or whatever, even if they go for it and don't make it. They still have a minute 50, and they have to move the ball and, uh, and score twice. So, again, it was, it was a move that I just – it gave them a, a score. Um, again, back to Don Matthews, who was my biggest influence in the league, who was also a rider head coach. But he used to believe that if they're going to kick a field goal of 45 yards or more, it's a lack of respect for our – for our special teams and I mean we practiced it diligently and he felt like if you didn't return for a touchdown three out of four times then you're failing and uh, it just you know it's changed a little bit people are playing a little bit more athletic people on that team now but they're still offensive linemen and and people that aren't used to covering covering that thing so again Ottawa Dustin Crum needs to learn how to win games He's doing fine. People have compared him to Mike Riley. You know, he's tough. He can throw. He's fairly accurate. But I think it's an exciting time for the league. They, uh, Taylor Powell at Hamilton is a really interesting young guy. I think he's got a lot of upside. It'll be interesting yeah. to see if Bo comes back. Are they going to put Bo in or are they going to leave Taylor yeah. Powell? Yeah. Taylor Powell can get a win against the Argos. He will have, you know, he, he, he'll be on his way. And yeah. so... It's kind of a neat time in the league right now because we're seeing kind of a change into the guard at quarterback. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out down the stretch here. CFL on TSN's Jim Barker. Hey, man, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it and uh, enjoy this weekend's games. No problem, Sean. Thanks. As Jim Barker on the Western Pizza Hotline, as uh, we put a bow on hour one, and on the other side of the news, we will have Sportsnet's Arash Madani. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball. Here's Sean Kleisinger. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between, this is Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny. All right, let's go. Let's get this party started here in hour two. Coast to Coast for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Gully at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. And we head out on the Western Pizza Hotline now. Sportsnet's Arash Medani, and my friend, it's rare that you get a NFL retirement here in September, but one of our own, a Canadian, did today and made the announcement at McGill University, where he uh, went to school. Quite the quite the day. Quite the day for Laurent Duvernay Tardif Singer, and you know I, I've been thinking a lot about this today because he is one of the most unique athletes 
of our lifetime. And not just Canadian athletes, not just pro athletes. Like, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, like, let's think about his last, who nine years. Nine years ago, he was an offensive lineman at McGill University. Three years ago, he was lifting the Super Bowl, the, the, the Lombardi Trophy in Miami with confetti falling down in the first of Kansas City's Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes as a starting offensive lineman. And less than a year later, whatever, seven months later, sat out a year of the NFL in a season where Casey went back to the Super Bowl. He sat that year out because he is a medical doctor, Dr. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, and he said, I need to be on the front lines in hospitals and senior homes doing orderly work, like doing... literally doing the crap work Mm. because that's what I signed up to be as a doctor. And, um, you know, today he retires. He had a $40 million contract at one point. Like he checked every box. That's just incredible. And yeah, as you mentioned, he retires on campus where his football career really took off. And I saw you tweeted today as well that, uh, you know, they should consider naming a school after him in Quebec. Now, that's a pretty high standard, but I think it's well-deserved. I mean, think about the, the message that sent, that you can be an athlete, you can be a true student athlete, you can be a professional football player and a doctor. Like, one of the coolest parts about all this, Zinger, um, I did, actually did this feature three and a half years ago at Super Bowl. Yeah, I remember so that. So Casey drafts Laurent in the sixth round, right? Hmm. And in his pre-draft visits, Laurent meets with a bunch of different teams, and he sits down with Kansas City and Andy Reid, and he says, Coach, here's the thing. If you draft me, I'm going to have to miss some OTA, some mini camp, some off-season stuff, because I am committed to being a doctor. I'm in med school. They're not going to give me any kind of latitude. And you know what Andy Reid said to him, Zinger? Hmm. He said, hey, Larry, you know my mom went to McGill Med School? You take all the time you need. (laughs) And so here's somebody who's learning the American game. You know, one yard off the ball as an offensive lineman, it's a big deal. He's learning an NFL playbook. And, like, what message that sends to young people that you can be and do all of these things. You can be an athlete. You can be a doctor. You can make the transition. You can be honest with your coaches when trying to be a professional football player. And you can be a champion. You can be a Super Bowl champion while still being a doctor. Like, if that's not a message you want in your education system to name a school after somebody, I don't know what is, man. Yeah, and, uh, like, all those boxes are checked, but, like, he was, like, one heck of a football player as well at the same time. It's just amazing. Starting offensive lineman on a Super Bowl champion team. And let's remember that, that Super Bowl three and a half years ago in Miami. They're playing San Fran. The Niners are up 10 in the fourth quarter. Casey comes, makes the comeback, and then at the end of the game, when the entire stadium knew they were going to run the football, what they do? They ran the football with Laurent up front blocking. Hmm. And uh, heck of a football, football player's right. I mentioned it earlier. Like, it's not just that this guy was, a, you know, a draft pick and hung around for a little bit and then a journeyman on and off practice rosters. Once he got activated and became a starter zinger, he signed a contract extension with Kansas City for 40 million bucks. 
left two and a half on the table that 2020 season to fulfill his medical obligations and and not play football. Like there's there's a lot there to be said about um, the football player he was, the professional football player he was, and the professional he is. Like this is not the end of a career. Yeah, his career really is just getting started right now. Just the football journey ends. Yeah, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif in uh, Kansas City. Yeah, they beat San Francisco in that Super Bowl. And tonight, those Niners, they play on Thursday Night Football. And you have them winning it all this year. I do. You know, I think Brock Purdy is one of the best stories in football, Zinger. You know, last pick taken. Mr. Irrelevant, seventh-round pick. But I look at that team. Now that Nick Bosa's back in the mix, and they paid him. I don't see many deficiencies on that football team. I don't see many holes. Like, Philly's very good. And I thought Dallas was the number three team coming into the season, and losing Diggs today, the ACL, is a big loss. But, you know, Brandon Ayuk is not going to play today. He's excellent. Debo Samuel, excellent. Christian McCaffrey's not a running back. He's not a tight end. He's not a receiver. Like, to me, Zinger, I don't know about you, I don't even, I call him an OW, an offensive weapon. He's not even a, you know, he's the ultimate skill position player. I just don't see any holes there in San Francisco. Yeah, I don't either. And I'm sitting alongside a, a big San Francisco 49ers fan right now as Blaine Wyland. He has his uh, George Kittle jersey on. He has his hat sure. on, so he's uh, ready to roll. Uh, we are with the Rashford. Think about how good Kittle is on that team. Oh, I know. And I can make an argument that he's like the eighth or ninth most important player on that roster. Yeah. How do they afford all these guys, Blaine? My goodness, man. You're not paying Brock Purdy anything. Yeah, I know. Hey, Arash. You're paying your quarterback $775,000. Great things can happen, Zinger. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like when uh, the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. I believe Russell Wilson, he was on his uh, rookie contract deal. uh, Totally. The Seahawks reaping the benefits. We are with Arash Madani, coast to coast for smart investing solutions here on the Western Pizza Hotline. And, uh, well, let's get to the CFL here. We thought that Bo Levi Mitchell, he was done for the season, but uh, it appears there's a shot he returns in time for the playoffs. Uh, What a a huge boost that would be for the Tabbies. Uh, What's the latest there? I mean, Bo's on the field at practice. He's not practicing, but he's on the field at practice. He's on the field doing, you know, rubber band drills and and not quite football activities, but close. And here we are in September. And, you know, what, what Orlando Steinauer told the great Dan Ralph of Canadian Press is we don't want to rush it. We don't want to push it. But it's September. Uh, like, I know Hamilton has Toronto this week, but, like, if you get in and if you're able to have Bo for the last two or three weeks of the regular season, think about how much that changes the dynamic. Think about how you don't necessarily have to have Bo take every snap. I mean, Taylor Powell's been the guy for how long now? You can use both guys in different ways. You can, in practice, put in specific packages just for Bo that you haven't put on film yet. There's a lot that you can now do if Bo Levi's healthy and he doesn't have to play every snap because you want to, you know, gradually get him back into the mix coming off the injury. There's just so much that you can do if Bo becomes available to you. 
Yeah, so if Bo comes back, does that end this cakewalk that Toronto is destined to be on to the Great Cup? I think so. Um, I still think the Argos are the best team. I think the Argos have the best defense. Or the Argos have the best quarterback, blah, blah, blah. But this is where coaching comes into play. And you have Scott Milanovic there now as your offensive coordinator who's been through it. I just think that there are some things that the Ticats can do that not a lot of teams have seen on film yet with Bo Levi, which come November in the playoffs is at play. And then it gets interesting. You must have been enjoying uh, the Packers blundering that uh, game on the weekend, huh, Arash? I was so heartbroken. Man. That Justin Fields debacle, life's pretty good right now. Detroit having their bleep stink, too. Um, Oh, yeah, the Vikes still haven't won a game yet. That's the problem. Well, they got the Chargers this week, so it's Arash Madani's team versus uh, Michael Ball's team. Do you see uh, the Vikings (laughs) winning this one this week as Blaine's laughing at me? You know, it's wild. The Vikes have a minus six turnover ratio and either like a minus six or a minus nine point differential. Usually when that point, when that turnover margin is so bad, you're in big trouble. And, you know, Justin Jefferson's reaching for the goal line and it slips out. So it's a touchback instead of being out of the one yard line or whatever. I don't mean the Vikes are as bad as, you know, oh, and two, like that it always looks gross. Um, but I still don't know how good or bad they actually are. And how about uh, Justin Jefferson? He has more receiving yards than the top Chicago Bear ever. I think his name's Johnny Morris, playing like the 50s or 60s. He had uh, 5,000 yards receiving for Chicago, and now Justin Jefferson, he's played how many years with the Vikings? Yeah. And ju- just goes to show you how uh, the Chicago Bears, their offenses have been over the years. It's kind of crazy. Actually, I think that Walter Payton, he's like third all-time in Chicago Bear history as far as receiving yards. It's just crazy what that... really? Yeah, it's it's just crazy what that Bears team does. Man, the Bears still suck. It's safe to say. We can get along with one thing, Arash. Bears are who we thought they were. Yeah, they are who we thought they were. Arash, we uh, enjoyed this uh, chat today. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Inger. I'm getting all pumped up now. That's Arash Madani on the Western Pizza Hotline. For Smart Investing Solutions, be smart with your money. Call Brian Gully at Smart Investing Solutions. Uh, give Brian a call at 546-2533. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Kyle Selaff, the radio voice of the Miami Marlins, will join us on the Western Pizza Hotline, not only to talk about his Marlins, but also the Major League Baseball playoff picture, because don't look now, there's about a week and a half left here in the regular season. The Jays just have 10 games left on their regular season slate. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. And swung on and missed a big second out for Gosman. Fastball is there for strike three called. And he got him with a good splitter down and in, two down. He did, swing and a miss at a splitter away. And that's the sound of Toronto Blue Jays starting pitcher Kevin Gosman just casually striking out batters. He struck out 10 of them yesterday. He went six innings and he gave up just three hits as the Toronto Blue Jays won 6-1 to the final score over the New York Yankees. And the Bluebirds will go for the sweep tonight in the Bronx, New York. Kevin Gosman, it's been a while. 
You are the Sports Cage Clutch Performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fan Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Now let's see if these Toronto Blue Jays can sweep away the New York Yankees. Man, I hate the Yankees. Just, mmm. I'm grinning my teeth right now. My jaw's just pushing out. My fist is closed. The New York Yankees, they have always just been a thorn. Not only on my side, but for Blue Jay fan side. I'm sure you can share this sentiment, Blaine Wyland. Yeah, we both got the same dynamic, eh? That we got both brothers that cheer for the Yankees. Yeah, that's true. Ugh. I got my nephew, too. He's a, already a diehard Yankee fan as well. Well, guess what? As it sits right now, you can basically close the book on the Yankees season. Uh, they are 76-76. and 76. They are eight games back of a wild card. A wild card scene that uh, is very crowded right now. The Toronto Blue Jays are in the second wild card spot. Tampa Bay is in the first one. And Seattle and Texas, I know we talked about this a lot yesterday, but Seattle and Texas, they are neck and neck. They are literally deadlocked right now. Now, Seattle has a tiebreaker over Texas right now, but both teams are 84 and 68. And that division is still up for grabs. The Houston Astros, 85 and 68. So the American League scene is very, very tight, as well as the National League scene when you look at it. On the other side of uh, the coin here in Major League Baseball, there a lot to be determined here. Maybe not so much as the divisions go, but uh, the wild card race. There are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five teams that I can think of that are in reach of a wild card spot. Uh, going into the last week and a half or so of the season. So we are going to dive into it a lot more here uh, uh, shortly after the 4.30 uh, news. And we'll have the CFL report. Kyle Selaff, the radio voice of the Miami Marlins, will be uh, chatting with us. His Miami Marlins are just a half a game back of the Chicago Cubs for the final wildcard spot in the National League. Now the Marlins, they are going to be doing some scoreboard watching tonight. I believe the Cubs take on the Pirates tonight, and uh, so Marlins fans are going to be cheering against those Cubbies. But we're going to talk all about it here in a few minutes. We are going to hit the break, and don't forget as well, we will be playing some Sastel Pick the Score a little later on in today's show. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. I'm Blaine Wallen with your sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are in the nation's capital. They will square off with the Ottawa Red Blacks tomorrow. Of course, coverage begins here on 620 CKRM with countdown to kickoff at 2 o'clock. The opening kickoff is at 5 o'clock. The Riders released their depth chart earlier today. On the defensive side, a few changes. At defensive end, replacing Anthony Lanier the second will be the... Canadian rookie Lake Corte Moore, as well Demarcus Christmas will replace Miles Brown, who's going to be out with a groin injury. He was placed on the six-game injured list. Derek Moncrief is being bumped back to safety with C.J. Revis moving into his spot at strong side linebacker. And Pete Robinson, he was questionable heading into this game with a little back rib injury, but he's good to go as he's in the starting lineup tonight on the diamond. The Toronto Blue Jays will look to make up or extend their lead in the wild card chase as both the Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers are off as the Blue Jays are looking for the sweep 
in the Bronx against the New York Yankees. They will have to do so without Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's day-to-day with a knee injury. Some injuries around the NFL today. Dallas Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs is out for the season after tearing his ACL in practice. And as well, the first overall pick in the NFL draft this past year, quarterback Bryce Young of the Carolina Panthers. He's out this week against the Seattle Seahawks. And that means Andy Dalton will get the start against the Seahawks. And of course, tonight, it's Thursday Night Football. The San Francisco 49ers will hold their home opener at Levi's Stadium, the Field of Jeans, as they take on the New York football giants tonight. And that is your sports ticker. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. And the CFL Report is for Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boater pontoon from Kevin's Marine and Fort Quapel, kevinsmarine.com. The CFL's Week 15 television ratings are out, and the Edmonton at Saskatchewan game was by far the most watched game of the weekend. Over 650,000 viewers was the average audience. The Week 15 average sat at over 510,000, so well over 140,000 more people took in that Edmonton-Saskatchewan game. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, of course, they are in Ottawa, taking on the Ottawa Red Blacks tomorrow night. The pregame show will be on the air with Countdown to Kickoff with Daniela Ponticelli at 2 p.m. The Rider Nation pregame show will be on the air at 4 p.m. and kickoff between the Riders and Red Blacks at 5 p.m. The first time the Riders have played in Ottawa since 2019. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. And we are back inside the Sports Cage now, and all of our guests on today's show appear on the Western Pizza Hotline. Take a slice out of your September schedule and let Western Pizza do the cooking tonight. Just heard that ad a few minutes ago. Man, every time I hear that ad, I feel like dropping everything that I'm doing, picking up my phone and ordering up a pizza pie from our friend Spiro South Albert location here in Regina, Saskatchewan. Western Pizza is the place to go. We are going to head out in the Western Pizza hotline now and chat with the radio voice of the Miami Marlins, Kyle Sealav. And Kyle, thanks for uh, carving out a couple minutes today here on your off day. I know you don't get too many of them in Major League Baseball, but the Marlins, they are not playing tonight, so I thought this would be a nice opportunity to to catch up. How you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me on. And it's uh, the second to last off day of the season. We have another one on Monday in New York City. Uh, but the Marlins just got done playing 16 in a row, so this one feels pretty darn good here today. Yeah, and as it sits right now, Kyle, uh, the Miami Marlins, they are just on the outside looking in by just the slightest margin, just a half a game back of those pesky Chicago Cubs. And I know a little bit of a a letdown yesterday, the Marlins falling to the New York Mets, and I'm sure that the Marlins fans will be scoreboard watching tonight as the Cubbies take on the Pittsburgh Pirates. But uh, these last couple games here down the stretch are huge for the Marlins. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And uh, the Marlins will open up a three-game series with the Milwaukee Brewers tomorrow night at Lone Depot Park. And uh, unfortunately for the Marlins, they're going against that three-headed monster in Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta. Uh, That is the three best that the Brewers have to offer. And in all likelihood, whether it's tomorrow or Saturday, the Milwaukee Brewers will be clinching that National League Central, and uh, there will be champagne flowing in the visitors' clubhouse at Lone Depot Park. But uh, there's nine games left, 
and I tell people this all the time, there's nothing more that you can ask for. This is a 162-game grind over six months, and when push comes to shove, after 153 games with nine left to play, you're a half game out of extending your season beyond October 1st, it's go time, and it's time to put your foot on the gas pedal and right through the floorboard and see if you can uh, do something pretty special in this final week and a half of the season. Kyle Seeloff, the voice of the Miami Marlins. Now, this is your first season doing full-time play-by-play on the radio, and you mentioned, you know, this season is a grind, man, 162 games. How has the season gone as far as, you know, kind of like pacing yourself? I know we chatted with the radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays a few months ago. I think it was at the All-Star break, actually, and Ben was just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to enjoy these few days off because he basically said he needed it because it is a grind, the Major League Baseball season. I can't imagine what it's like waking up every single day and uh you know calling a baseball game not not saying like i wish i could i i envy you but it must be a really difficult job it can be yeah i mean i it, it is a grind um i am so extremely fortunate and blessed though i feel like i've gotten myself into pretty good routine throughout the season i woke, wake up fairly early i sit down at my desk i'll get a little work done i'll sneak in a little work out in the afternoon uh, you got to eat right, you got to hydrate, drink a lot of water, and uh, I'm usually good to go. But the nice thing is that it is my first season, but it's my 11th season with the team, and I've been traveling mm-hmm. since 2018. So, you know, I, I knew what I was getting myself into coming into it. It's definitely been a little different, but uh, I do try to take decent care of my body and make sure that uh, I can show up like the rest of everybody else at 640 every night. So this uh, this down the stretch here in the National League is gonna be it's gonna be exciting like we were talking about. I think there's like four or five teams that are within like four and a half games of a wild card spot. Uh, how do you like the Marlins' chances here? Looking at their schedule here uh, down the stretch, uh, they're playing the Brewers like we mentioned, and then. Uh, taking on the Mets again, this time at City Field in Queens, New York, and then at PNC Park in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania against those uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. So looking at the schedule, uh, how do you think the Marlins fare in this uh, last stretch of games? Yeah, I, I think I think it's okay. I mean, obviously the Mets have taken it to them all season long. The Mets have won 7 of 10 against the Marlins this season. Um, I think there's a couple of very key factors here. The Marlins in recent days lost Louisa Rise and Jake Berger to injuries. Jake Berger had a little thing, upper right hip, upper right quad area. He had to leave last night's ball game early. Very freak injury. A couple of days back, Louisa Rise rolled his ankle taking ground balls during batting practice. But for me, the big wild card, if those two guys can get healthy, I would say healthy and reasonable in short order, whether that's Friday, Saturday, or I guess at the latest Sunday, there's one gentleman in particular making a rehab start tonight, and it's Sandy Alcantara for the AAA ball club in Nashville. Um, That's an interesting one to me. This is a guy that was diagnosed with a UCL sprain. He is said to be feeling phenomenal. He wanted to go out on this rehab start to make sure he is good to go. But if Sandy Alcantara is healthy and he is not only serviceable, but he is very good, that would line him up the pitch next Tuesday in New York. And then if needed on the final day of the season next Sunday in Pittsburgh. So for me, if the Marlins on the offensive side of the table can get a rise and burger back and they have a full complimentary roster of players and Sandy Alcantara comes back and he looks like an older version of himself, that National League Cy Young award-winning version 
that we saw last season within reason. I love the Marlins' chances, especially when you take a look at the rest of everybody's schedules down the stretch in that National League wildcard race. Kyle Seelaff, the radio voice of the Miami Marlins on the Western Pizza Hotline. And on the other side, we got uh, an American League wildcard race that's really uh, heating up as well. When you look at our uh, Toronto Blue Jays right now, they are nestled into the second wildcard. And it's going to come down right to the end as well. we got Seattle, Texas, and Houston. All three of those teams can still win the American League West. So this is going to be quite the entertainment to watch as well on the American League side these last couple days. Well, there's no doubt about it. I said when we saw the Blue Jays a couple of months ago, uh, that's the old friend Don Mattingly, who's the bench coach there now. Um, I said at the time, I think it's a team that could win the World Series if they get into the dance. I like their rotation in a short series. I love the firepower in the offense. They have a game lead over Seattle and Texas, but after that, they're eight clear. They're postseason bound. I love the Blue Jays' chances when they get into the postseason. I really do. I understand that there are some really, really good teams in the American League. I think the Orioles have just as good of a chance as anybody to win the World Series. Um, But when you start stacking rosters and going toe-to-toe with people, um, that Blue Jays lineup is going to stack up with just about anybody. Now, pitching will win in the postseason, um, but when you have an offensive roster with that kind of firepower and the speed and the ability to put the ball in play that the Blue Jays have, I'm very interested to see how deep they can get into the postseason because I think they have a phenomenal team this year. How about a Blue Jays versus Marlins World Series? That would be something, huh? That we could have you on every hey, single now. day here on the Sports Gauge. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's perfect. Uh, I don't think the country uh, would suspect a Blue Jays-Marlins World Series, but I'll sign up for it if it means I get to broadcast for another month and continue watching postseason baseball. Uh-huh. But, man, I, I'm just so excited. This is a position the Marlins have not been in in really 20 years outside of the COVID-shortened season when they went to the postseason. But, you know, again, you're a half game out with nine games left to play. Do something special, right? Show up to the ballpark every day. Take it one day at a time. Give it all you got. And I know it's cliche, but let the chips fall where they may. But um, I love their chances, and I am so excited to watch these last nine games of the season. I really am. Yeah, and looking at the the game tonight, the Cubs and the Pirates, I'm sure, like I mentioned to kick off the conversation, a lot of Marlins fans will be uh, glued to the TV with that one. And, of course, the Marlins back at it tomorrow. Hey, Kyle Selaff, voice of the Miami Marlins, thanks for uh, taking a couple minutes here and uh, chatting Major League Baseball. I know uh, a lot of people around here appreciate hearing your voice. Hey, anytime, guys. Seriously, whenever, give me a call. Love chatting with you guys and my best to you guys and stay safe and stay healthy up there. That's awesome. That's Kyle Seelaff, radio voice of the Miami Marlins. And I'm kind of pulling for the Marlins in the National League uh, because I like I like Kyle Seelaff. He's one of my favorite play-by-play announcers in Major League Baseball. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because, you know, he's on the line with us or he might not be anymore. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of a junkie that way. I like the listing. Got the MLB at bat app. And you kind of just, you know, you got all the radio broadcasts at your, you know, fingertips love just scrolling through all the radio broadcasts and Kyle Seelaff does uh, uh, just a fine job calling Marlins games we're going to hit the break and on the other side some more football talk as we get set for the big game tomorrow Rough Riders Red Blacks you're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM 
now bringing you three hours of the hottest sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. And the Sports Cage today brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on their summer feature menu, including the Jalapeno Popper Dip, Hangover Helper, New Candlestick Fries, and so many other features, flavors, cocktails. Canadian Brew House is the place to go to take in all your sports action this coming weekend. And now we are going to head out to Flowing Springs on the Western Pizza Hotline. And Brian Raymond, a birdie, told me this week that this is our last conversation here in 2023 is this true i'm heartbroken i'm afraid it's true you know what it's that time of year where things start to slow down and uh the leaves are falling and the days are getting much much shorter do you have a couple minutes i want to talk with you a bit this is our last go at it here so do you you have about uh two three minutes here absolutely as much time as you want all right so let's start with uh, the National Hockey League. I know you're a big Montreal Canadiens fan, so going into this season, uh, what are your expectations on the Canadiens de Montreal, and do you think they are, uh, they are a playoff team this year? I think uh, if they're to be a playoff team, then somebody else has to falter big time. I don't think they're quite there yet, but they're going to be so much fun to watch. I did watch them live last year in Edmonton, and uh, that was before all the injuries hit, and they were so much fun to watch. Those young guys, they can skate, and they're uh, they're very creative. It's a lot of fun to watch. So right now, I don't think they're a playoff team, but uh, I think they're a team on the rise. How was that arena in Edmonton? I've uh, I've seen a Kanye West concert there once. I've never seen that Oilers play, but how, how was the environment there taking in a, a hockey game live? Well, you got to remember it was the Habs and the Oilers, and about half the folks in the building were wearing Habs sweaters. Yes, and uh, you know what? It was a it was a good natured uh, response between the two groups of fans. It was a lot of fun uh, and a ton of energy in the building. It was a great game, really. Uh, I'm a Canadians fan too, Brian. So uh, I love I love chatting about this. Uh, have you ever been to the Bell Center, Brian? No, I have been. I was at the. I have been to the old Forum, mm, but I have not yes. yet been to the Bell Center. But that is on my bucket list for sure. What What was that like seeing a game at the old Forum? Who did you see play? When um, was it? What date? What? what year? Tell me all about it. It was quite a long time ago. I took my son, and we went to see two games. One of them was Larry Robinson's last game. He was playing for the uh, for the L.A. Kings at the time, so the place was packed, and it was like you know, he was on that farewell farewell tour, and uh, it was it was it was an amazing building. I mean. It was, it was the, you can just feel the energy in the building as soon as you walk in the door because there's so much history there. Yeah, I the one time I was in Montreal, I think it's like I don't know if it's a movie theater now, the old form. There's uh, there's something in that building now, and I remember going in it and there was like a uh, a statue or something at the point where center ice was, and I just remember looking at that and I was like, holy smokes, this is eerie. So uh, what year would it would have that been, Brian? I'm trying oh to think. Oh my God, what, my son was only about 15, so it's got about 20 years ago. Yeah, so 19 1992 ish. Somewhere in there, yeah. yeah. So uh, Brian Raymond here at Flowing Springs. And uh, I guess let's talk uh, CFL. This is the last time we get to chat with you here in 2023. We might, we're going to bring you on maybe as well when the when the Habs uh, drop the puck for real here. Yeah, Actually, that'd be nice. Yeah, before we uh, talk CFL, how do you think uh, the Regina Pats are going to do here in uh, 2023? You know, that's a big mystery because uh, obviously uh, they're going to be a different team without the contributions of one Connor Bedard. 
But, um, you know what, junior hockey is really interesting. I mean, most of the time, you know, like teams are constantly rebuilding and, and uh, filling the cupboard, as it were, uh, because you're, you're losing players at one end every year. So it'll be interesting to see how the players that played there last year are going to pro- have progressed, how much better they will be, if, that, if better. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I, I'm interested to see the, the new goalie, Hue. Mm-hmm. So it'll it'll be interesting to watch the Pats. I think it'll be different, certainly. And I'm sure you're a big uh, Hue fan because we all know that he is the uh, the son of the old Habs goalie, Cristobal Hue. So a nice yes. little Montreal connection. That's uh, right, uh, tie there. And yeah, the Larry Robinson's last year in the NHL was 1992. I did a quick search. So uh, yeah, that was the year then. Yeah, there we go. All right, Brian. Well, uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders they take on the Ottawa Red Blacks. How do you see this Rough Rider season uh, wrapping up here down the stretch? Well, I, I'm concerned about the number of injuries that they keep having. I mean, they lost, what, four guys out of the defensive line last week. It's, uh, Of course, it's next man up. I understand that philosophy, yeah. but, man, this is getting tough. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one tomorrow night. I know the records might not say it will be, but Ottawa, they, uh, they want to come back after dropping that heartbreaker to BC this past week. All right, Brian, let's talk some golf. You are at Flowing Springs. Now, you said the season's kind of winding on down here, but uh, people can still hit the links for a, a couple swings, a couple more go uh, goes at it. Absolutely. We're taking bookings for the weekend already, and uh, we're looking forward to some great weather. Uh, you know, every day it's $55, but if you play on Monday and Wednesday and you, have, or you happen to be a senior or a lady, it's $32. That's going to continue right till the end of the season. Uh, for non-seniors, uh, it's $42. And uh, we still have our twilight rate at 3 o'clock at $35, uh, you know, and you can get a card at that time. And our 5 o'clock late-night twilight walking only is $19, and that's still fairly good. You can still get ni- at least nine holes in if you uh, if you get here early enough. Uh, and, you know, the driving range is still open. It'll be open until we uh, until we actually close the gates. So, you know, the driving range is available. We just had some people heading out there just a few minutes ago. So we got a great driving range. I, I don't know if people remember, but it's... Um, it's all grass. There are no mats, and there's lots of room. We can take up to 50 people at a time. So yeah. it's uh, it's a great place to practice or take out your frustrations. Hey, how, how does someone uh, make a booking, Brian? All you have to do is give us a call at 306-543-5050, and you can book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs. This has been fun, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Hopefully we'll see you at a Pats game, Zinger. Yeah, that's awesome, my friend. That's uh, Brian Raymond on the Western Pizza Hotline as we get set for Regina Pats Hockey, the season opener tomorrow in Brandon. Then the home opener, the big showdown underneath the orange top on Saturday night as the Saskatoon Blades roll into town. But uh, we're going to wrap up the hour here by chatting some more Canadian Football League football as uh, usually at this time slot, well, usually at 4.35 on Thursdays, we have Ben Whiting uh, join us with his play now picks. Ben is uh, traveling uh, today, so uh, unable to join us, but he did text me some picks today, so uh, yours truly and Blaine Wyland are going to go through this and give you some more uh, bits, uh, uh, tips rather, going into the weekend here. Riders money line. All right, here we go. Calm down, singer. Let's read this. Riders money line. Blaine Wyland, one point seven six. What do you think of that? Do you do you uh, are you agreeing with Ben Whiting? Are you are you taking the Riders at that number? I think so. I like the Riders tomorrow. I they need to win the like. It's not a must-win game, but they need to win this game. You know what I mean? Like, I, mm. I think they need to pull off a victory. They, they got to do something like on the road. 
ahead of that BC game. I, I just feel like that they're going to come out firing tomorrow. I think we're going to see a better start than we have seen the last few games from on the road. Yeah, so that's the first one to look at. And I'm doing the math here. And uh, I believe you would win about, say, if you put 20 bucks down, you will win about $35. I always do the hundred dollar thing and go back that way. Eh? Yeah, there that's we easy. Go. That's the easiest way. You're a smarter man or, than I. Or else go fifty, and that's half. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I just brought out my calculator on my old trusty smartphone here. The other one is uh, Frankie Hickson anytime touchdown scorer at a one point seven one. What do you make of that one? Frankie Hickson, of course, getting the start in place of Jamal Morrill tomorrow. I like Frankie. I got a feeling he's gonna have a big game tomorrow. Even though obviously he's the starter, but like even if Morrill was playing tomorrow, I still think Frankie would have had like uh, is gonna ha- would have a big impact but obviously as a starter the only thing that kind of worries about me with like a running back scoring a touchdown you need more than one yard eh? because Mm -hmm. the one yard it's going to be Pipkin for the quarterback sneak so you need like a three or four yards or else he's going to bust one and Mm -hmm. you know what I could see that tomorrow that Frankie goes like a 63 yard run or something like that I could see that happening so I like I think Hickson's going to get a touchdown tomorrow and this one's quite juicy I like this one when Ben texted me and I was like okay I see you Ben Whiting Uh, he says Sean Bain anytime touchdown scorer 2.6. 2.6. Now, this would be juicy if it happened. Say, if you put down uh, like 20 bucks on that one for a Sean Bain Jr. touchdown, you could win uh, about $52, I believe that is. And uh, Blaine Wyland, what do you think of that? Sean Bain, he got a touchdown last game, or, you know, he's been in the end zone a lot. Yeah, you know, up until last week, though, he was uh, kind of quiet those like, yeah, he was. like three weeks before that since Jake Dolgala took over. So it was a little bit interesting. It was good to see that he got back more involved. I don't know. And it's just one of those things sometimes that different quarterbacks, different routes, different receivers kind of thing. Um, but I like it for being the score if they're like, you know, seven or eight yards out kind of situation, like a second down situation from that distance. They, they like to run the underneath pass routes to him and jet sweeps and stuff like that. So I like that. Uh, you know, in terms of Sean Bain for the receivers getting a touchdown for the green white. Playnow.com slash SK slash sports is where you go. It's Saskatchewan's only online legal gambling site. So it's a very a snazzy site. I'm looking at all the numbers right now. You can either bet on CFL, NFL. Just remember, bet responsibly. This is just for funsies, as the kids say. So don't be throwing your mortgage on things here unless I guess you really believe that no I'm just joking don't throw your mortgage on it hey that wraps up hour two on the other side Michael Ball's going to join us live from the nation's capital he uh, took a little walk around the parliament buildings today I'm going to ask him if he said hi to Justin Trudeau you are listening to the sports cage here on 620 CKRM Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on and now starting an hour earlier Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. For the Canadian Brew House and their new summer feature menu, including jalapeno popper dip, hangover helper, and new candlestick fries, and so many other features, flavors, and cocktails. And all of our guests on today's show up here on the Western Pizza Hotline. You can take a slice out of your September schedule and let Western Pizza do the cooking tonight. And, uh, hey, I'm going to do it. We did this yesterday. Going to do it again. Let's play some Sestel. Pick the score. 
We're going to do it text style, though. You got to text in. Yesterday, we had like over 150 to 200 texts. A lot of text messages on the old uh, text box. So this is how it's going to go down. You simply text in your first and last name, your score prediction for the game tomorrow night between the Rough Riders and Red Blacks. And you text in your city or town in which you reside in. And then you'll be entered in to win two tickets to the next Ryder home game, which is October 7th versus the visiting Hamilton Tiger Cats. And that's going to be a big game because uh, that is the day that uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders will honor the 2013 Great Cup team. And yeah, 10 years already, 10-year anniversary of that team. So uh, uh, text up right now, 306-936-6262. I'll choose a winner after uh, the discussion that we will have right now with the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the new Prime Minister of Canada, Michael Ball, on the Western Pizza Hotline. How you doing? Not quite there yet, Zinger, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Trudeau called me to Ottawa. I said, you know, I'm having some difficulties in the world, so I need you to come in and give me some advice. So, yeah, pop in here and I'm going to call a football game on the side. And then he bought you lunch today, I saw. He bought you lunch today, which is great. That's a... Uh, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he and I, we... we, we Just in his, you know, in, in his chambers there. It's it pretty nice, actually. It smells of... Uh, Leather-bound book, books and rich mahogany. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love the smell of mahogany. You went for a walk around Ottawa today. I saw some pictures yeah. uh, looking pretty nice, and I saw that uh, you say that it's your favorite stop on the circuit. Explain, please. Oh, I just it is. I mean, Vancouver's nice. Don't get me wrong. You got the mountains, but it rains all the time. Uh, it hasn't rained yet since we've been there, but you know what I mean. It's got yeah. rain. It's cloudy. I'm not a big cloud guy. I like sun. Um and then, of course, Calgary. I love Calgary, close to the mountains, but it can get it can get cold, and and the stadium the dump. So so that kind of diminishes it for me. I've heard this uh, TD uh, TD Bank's place is really nice. We drove past it on the way in from the airport last night. It looks really uh, hip. Got a good vibe around it there. Um, and I'll see that tomorrow. But the actual city here, Zinger Blaine, is unbelievable. But then you got to think too. Most of our taxpayers' dollars are spent here in Ottawa. But I haven't, and, and listen, every city has, has their problems, but where I'm staying in downtown Ottawa, I, it's, there's nothing, like, there's not a speck of, like, there's no litter, it's clean. Uh, it was a windless, sunny day today. Walked all down the Rideau Canal. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a great city. It really is. Yeah, I was zooming in on some of your pictures, and I was trying to find like a cigarette butt or something. I was trying. I was looking sure at enough, the. But... I was looking at the sidewalks. I couldn't find anything. I was like, "Oh, come on, work. Come on, be like Regina a bit here." No, but... no, it's it's, un- it's unbelievable. No, I'm sure there's some pretty like any city. There's probably some seedy areas, but exactly where I was downtown here impeccable man it's crazy so you said that you kind of drove by td place stadium you haven't uh, yeah. been on the grounds yet no i haven't been on the grounds i i did my walking down here in downtown and the riders practice at carlton university today i mm. didn't go to that i mean it's a walkthrough what can you get from a walkthrough so um the carlton ravens that. that's what they're but called that, right yeah. carlton, yeah, ravens. carlton ravens yeah, yeah carlton ravens and then um yeah just been in my hotel room uh working on the depth charts and everything like that so it's going to be uh to be an interesting game here tomorrow. There's no doubt about it. Hey, Derek Moncrief is starting at free safety tomorrow. What do you think about that? That's pretty cool. I mean, it's great to have him and uh, no disrespect to Jackson. Four Jackson's been coming on here, but to have C.J. Revis, Derek Moncrief uh, on the field at the same time, you can't go wrong with that. It's going to be interesting, though, guys. I was talking to Kent Majuri. 
the special teams coordinator of the Rough Riders here to the restaurant before I uh, came up to my uh, hotel here to talk to you guys. And he was saying that um, besides the Rough Riders, obviously, that went through, you know, with regards to their opponents, the best coach special teams uh, and the best special teams unit in the league, like in terms of uh, their core players, they're built to be a good special teams team. And so that'll be a bit of a challenge for the Riders because, as you know, when you lose that many guys, and you have uh, different guys on the roster, and they have to fill in on special teams, it'll be, uh, it's going to be interesting. Let's put it that way. The voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders here on the Western Pizza Hotline, Michael Ball. Did you see this yesterday, Ballsy, uh, at Ottawa Red Blacks practice? Apparently, you know, a big fight broke out. There were some rock bottoms being laid, stone cold, uh, stone cold stunners. There was everything going on. A big melee happened at uh, Red Blacks practice yesterday. What do you make of that? They're frustrated. Well, I don't... Yeah, well, maybe they should save that for the game. Uh, Bob Dice, Bob Dice wasn't too happy with it, and I don't. Uh, come on, man! Like you want to do it at training camp when you guys have been hitting the same guys, and it's hot, and back in the day when it was two a days and everything like that. Okay, I get it. You guys are. I didn't even know. I lost track what their record is. Like they're brutal. They've lost seven straight games. Um, they've been in a lot of games. Yeah. They, they've been in a lot of games. But come on, man! Like this, what are you fighting in practice for? Uh, I'll be interested to see though if they have that same fight in the game, or did they mail it in? I'm hoping they've mailed it in and the Riders can have a victory here. But uh, yeah, uh, it's very interesting to see what's going to happen here tomorrow. I, I am kind of intrigued. A lot of pent up frustration in Ottawa Red Black territory. Yeah, they're three and ten right now. And so, how do you see this game going, man? Like. I don't. I don't really know what to expect anymore. We could see, you know, Jake Dolagala be the Jake Dolagala that we saw when uh, the Riders were beating the Lions and the and the Blue Bombers, or we could see, you know, some of the play that we saw last week. Not saying that he played horrible, but uh, which Rider team are we going to get tomorrow? I don't know. Listen, I don't know. To be honest with you, I really don't. I, I sure hope they can rebound from that because if they lose this game, then they're holding a playoff spot. Maybe starts to slip a little bit here. I'm confident they'll come with a, a pretty solid effort. Uh, you know, you look at the offensive line. Phillip Blake is back playing for the Rough Riders. That's starting at left guard, so that's a good uh, sign for Saskatchewan. But, hey, they're going to be playing another mobile quarterback. Not quite a Trey Ford, but uh, Dustin Crum can run. He can make some plays. He looked good against the BC Lions last week. And they're doing it without Anthony Lanier the second. Uh, no Miles Brown. I heard it's a pretty serious groin injury that probably will cost him the season. That's what I'm hearing. So, so no Miles Brown. You need Demarcus Christmas to step up. You need Micah Johnson to to push the middle of the pocket there. And uh, yeah, that, that's going to be the interesting thing. Without the D lineman there, uh, how, how will it go for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? And then Frankie Hickson on offense, fellas. Uh, the big question is the running game. It hasn't really been there. It hasn't really been there. And some people are saying, okay, we're going to get a chance to see if Frankie Hickson can get it going. Then maybe it's more on the starting tailback, which I'm not saying it is, but that's what peop- uh, some people are thinking. Hey, maybe it's on the starting tailback as opposed to the offensive line. Uh, so Frankie Hickson in for Jamal Morrill. Um, and uh, Albert Awachi in the ballgame is a fullback. He's done a great job this year when he's, when he's played. And, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see, you know, who knows? it'd be nice to see um, Keen Schaefer-Baker get on track, too. Uh, and the other thing, too, guys, um, when we're talking about defense, is the Rough Riders have uh, allowed the eighth most points per game, the Ottawa Red Blacks nine. So eight and nine here. Last seven games, the Riders have given up 34.6 points a game. So uh, 
And, and oh. the Red Blacks are almost just as bad as that. Hurts my heart. Hey, man, uh, tomorrow night as well is the first time the Riders have played in Ottawa since June of 2019. Can you believe that? Can you believe that, Malarkey? That's, that's, that's stupid. Well, I mean, I don't know how, of course, COVID was wiped out. Yeah, but still, like I, last two uh, years, like what's going on? Yeah, I'll tell you right now, man. Why, why, why can we not have home and away with every team? Like, it's not that big of a league. You should be able to play. Every fan should see every team. That, come, on, come on, that's ridiculous. I know. Hey, so after tomorrow night, you will just need to go to uh, BMO Field in Toronto, correct? And then you'll have all the CFL stadiums crossed off? Yeah, absolutely. I've heard this is a great stadium. I've heard BMO Field's a great stadium, but the broadcast booth is um, its no bigger than probably the closet where I'm hanging my clothes. Luke said we're almost sitting on each other's laps, so I'm not looking forward to that, but I don't have to worry about it for a year. Yeah, of course, the last two times the Riders have played at Toronto, the game has been on the East Coast and Touchdown Atlantic. Anything else you want to talk about, Ballsy? It's your show, man. Well, I want to talk about how the Giants are going to slaughter yeah. Blaine, San Francisco 49ers tonight. It'd probably be a 17-point win for the Giants, I'm thinking. Big heartbreak coming up, I think, tonight. As, uh... Something about the Eastern time zones affected the mindset, <laughs> I believe, here right now. Cause, no, uh... no. Daniel Jones is coming, Blaine. The 49ers will kill him. They're yeah. absolutely... With Saquon Barkley out of the lineup, like... We've heard this so much, right? Oh, backs, backs are a dime a dozen, backs are a dime a dozen. Didn't they sign Kareem Hunt now, the four, uh, the uh, Browns, right? They got Kareem Hunt? Yeah. One-year deal or something like that? Yeah, they, they brought him in. Nick Chubb like, how done, do you of repl- course. How do you replace Chubb? How do you replace, you know, Eckler? We saw how much the, he means to the Chargers last week. Uh, Saquon Barkley is their entire offense. When he's on the field, Daniel Jones is night and day the type of quarterback. Like, honestly, I got a 24-3 49ers game. Might even be worse than that. Hey, this is the this is the last opportunity that uh, we will have to talk about this because we won't be talking about this tomorrow on the Rider broadcast. Your Chargers, they're taking on the Vikings this weekend. Can the Chargers, uh, you know, do Zinger a favor and take down those weird purple-looking guys? They can, but they won't. Justin Jefferson is playing the Chargers secondary. He might set an NFL record on Sunday with the <laughs> yards. Like, I, I wouldn't doubt it if he has, like, over 200 yards receiving. Hey, and think, then, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ballsy. It's kind of like what Blaine told me. Blaine and I passed each other in the hall, and he hit the money, hit the nail right on the head. I think it, I think the Chargers just need to suck for, like, two more weeks. See, they're not winning the Super Bowl this year now anyway. So they need to suck for two more weeks so they can fire Brandon Staley by week five. Bye week. <laughs> Hey, wasn't it back in 2007, I believe it was, I, it was like 35-17, whatever, when Adrian Peterson went off on the Chargers at the old Metrodome for like 295 yards along the ground. Do you remember that, that game? Was the same, that was the same game Antonio Cromartie took a missed field goal back at the end of the first half where he just teetered on the end line and then ran it all the way back oh, yeah. for the longest uh, missed field goal return or kickoff return in NFL history. So uh, yeah, that that was. Thanks for bringing that up. I honestly, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Honestly, I'll watch the first little bit of the game, and if there's any signs the Chargers are going in the tank, I'm I'm out. Yeah. Well, I, listen, boys, there is no team that I cheer for. Like we've got the three-time manager of the year, Bob Melvin, in San Diego, and he can't get along with uh, with AJ Preller, the the GM. Mm-hmm. The Chargers have had, I, I can't even count how many coaches they've had in the last five years. They always find a way to choke. Brady should have never won the Super Bowl in 2008, but Marlon McCree can't go down after an interception. They missed field goals in the playoffs. The, the, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles. 
find a way to have the worst loss every week, every year. So I predict the Chargers will be winning. Hey, let's go. Let's go twenty. Let's go twenty-one to seven in the fourth quarter. Okay, and they'll lose. And they'll lose twenty-eight twenty-four. Oh, Minnesota Vikings. Oh, That's I thought. My prediction. Oh, I thought we were going for. Hey, the only thing that matters is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders win yeah. tomorrow night in Ottawa versus the Ottawa Red Blacks. And, and I do. I think Luke texted me. He goes, "I don't have a good feeling about this game." I say the Riders by ten. Okay. That's what I have. You, you hear That's that, Blaine? Take it to the what bank. Do you guys, what do you What do you guys got? Uh, I think it's going to be a high scoring game for some reason. I think uh, I think the Riders are going to win. I think it's going to be like a, a late Brett Lather field goal. I'm going to go like 37 34. How about that? Okay, what do you got? You playing? I'm thinking it's going to be much lower. I think it's going to be like 27 to 18 for the Riders. I'll say just under 10 points. All yeah. right. And if you're seven, if you're seven and seven. You're sitting pretty good. You got to go to Calgary. You got to go to uh, BC. Chance to maybe who's BC got this week? Oh, Edmonton. No, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll finish off Edmonton. So, so then you'll go to uh, BC next week with a chance to maybe get second. Pl- you know, close the gap for second place. Uh, seven and seven, fellas, looks a hell of a lot better than six and eight. That's for sure. Yeah, and after this week's game, I believe the Riders just have uh, one more road game on the regular season schedule uh, at at Calgary. So this is a. Uh, uh, an opportunity for the green and oh, white. Two more, two oh. more, two more. They got BC. Yeah, at BC. There you go. See, that's why yeah. you're the host of the show, and I'm just filling in. I don't know what I'm talking about, but oh, I do. You do. Thank, thanks, fellas. I appreciate all your help. I really do. Yeah. No. The next time we hear from Michael Ball will be tomorrow on the Rider Nation pregame show, right at 4 p.m. Thanks, Ballsy. See you guys. Take care. Thanks. That's Michael Ball, the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders here on the Western Pizza Hotline as we hit the break here and uh, we'll have some more and we'll give you the winner of Sastel Pick the Score on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House here on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Rod McNabb. Of Moose Jaw, if you're driving around and you just heard your name over the airwaves, you might be like, holy smokes! Well, you just texted in, Rod McNabb, and you are uh, today's winner for Sastown Pick the Score. So big congratulations, predicting a 21-18 victory for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders tomorrow night at TD Place Stadium and the nation's capital. So Rod is now... Uh, entered in to win the $200 Sastel gift card if his score is closest to the actual score of the game tomorrow. And as well, uh, Rod, you have two tickets to the next Riders home game, which is on October 7th versus the visiting Hamilton Tiger Cats. And by the way, as well, if you uh, win that Sastel gift card, you will be entered in to win... Uh, a luxury suite experience at Mosaic Stadium next season, Mr. Rod McNabb. So once again, big congratulations and big thank you to everybody who texted once again. I mean, well over 200 texts. I'm just going to put a number on it. It's a lot of texters on the text line, maybe even more than that. So Rod McNabb, you are the lucky winner 
here on this uh, Thursday inside the sports cage, and uh, we are gearing up for the Thursday nighter tonight in the National Football League. I know Blaine Wyland is chomping at the bit. I wish the Packers were playing tonight. I want to watch my team. It's all about me, Blaine. I want my team. See, I hate Thursday night football. I hate it when my team plays on Thursday night, to be quite honest. Wow. I, I mean, like, it's a short week. There's a chance for more injuries. Yeah, but you get you still you get to watch your team tonight. That's what I'm getting at. Like I I want I want to be I, invested. I mean, can't, I can't watch my team every night, unfortunately, especially <laughs> when it comes to football. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I always prefer I always preferred Monday night football growing up. That was my favorite night. I mean, you watch all day Sunday, but there was something always different about Monday night football back back in the day. I should say. Well, when uh, when Al Michaels and John Madden. We're doing Monday night football. I know they were doing Monday nights for a bit, then they switched over to Sunday night, I believe. But yeah. I remember when they were doing Monday night games. I'm with you. Though. Those days were like, ooh, just minty, just mm, chef's kiss. So, uh, yeah, uh, the Green Bay Packers, by the way, for all the Packer fans out there, Jordan Love getting set to make his first start at Lambeau Field. Uh, coming up on Sunday. It's a 11 a.m. kickoff on Sunday versus the New Orleans New Orleans Saints and uh, Mr. Derek Carr rolling into town. And, well, the Saints are 2-0, and but just cool the Jets on them for a second here. They beat the Titans and they beat the Panthers, so let's not get too excited, Saints fans. You're coming into hostile territory here on Sunday at Lambeau Field. Hey, we're going to hit the break here. We will have a pat chat for you, and then we're going to hop back on the Western Pizza Hotline and chat with TSN's Glenn Suter, who is uh, getting set to call some games this weekend. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House here on 620 CKRM. I'm Blaine Wyland with your sports ticker as the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They're in the nation's capital right now. They're preparing for tomorrow's matchup against the Ottawa Red Blacks. A game you can hear on 620 CKRM. Countdown the kickoff begins at 2 o'clock. The opening kickoff is at 5 o'clock. The, the Riders, a few changes to their lineup, including Frankie Hickson. He'll be starting at running back. Uh, Philip Blake will be getting the start at left guard. That's his first start this season after he missed the majority of the season with a torn pec injury. He replaces Evan Johnson, who's going to be bumped down as a team's sixth offensive lineman. On the defense, some changes included Lake Corte Moore. He will be starting at defensive end. Demarcus Christmas will place Miles Brown uh, at defensive tackle. Derek Moncrief, he's bumping back to safety, which allows C.J. Rivas to get the start at starting at the sorry strong linebacker position. On the diamond, the Toronto Blue Jays are looking for the sweep against the New York Yankees, but so far it's not off to a good start. Jake Bowers hit a three-run shot in the bottom of the first inning as New York leads the Jays by a score of 3 to nothing. It's a chance for the Jays to extend their lead in the wild card chase with both Seattle and Texas off for tonight. They're idle as the Jays will try to make try to extend their lead, but so far it's not looking as good. And of course the Thursday nighter tonight in the NFL, it's the San Francisco 49ers against the New York Giants. It's not quite Joe Montana, Phil Sims. Instead we got Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy tonight. I mean we're also missing what Jerry Rice, Lawrence Taylor. We can go on and on, but still a great rivalry uh, that's going to be showcased tonight. It's a 49ers home opener tonight. Some key losses or injuries for tonight. Saquon Barkley, Andrew Thomas, they're all for the Giants, and for the 49ers, Brandon Ayuk will not be playing. And that's your sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace a residential or a commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. 
Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Regina Pats, 620 CKRM. Here with Regina Pats head coach Brad Haroff. Has it sunk in that you're actually the head coach now? Yeah, I think all the time spent at the rink, it's uh, it's <laughs> definitely stunk in and uh, still really excited about getting ready to play for, for real this weekend. Yeah, so how does it feel to be the man in charge and actually, I know you're a collaboration with assistant coaches and Al Miller, but to actually be the head coach and, you know, take direction of the team? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's, it's, it's definitely different, um, uh, especially with us having new staff. So we're kind of just getting everybody onboarded. So uh, there's definitely a lot of questions to be answered outside of just hockey practice and what's going on and what the power play is going to look like. Um, but just trying to manage all those and manage the people, the staff I have, um, is definitely more responsibility than, you know, just before I'd be worried about the power play and five on five. Yeah, so like uh, no no Bedard, obviously, Suze Delev, those type of players, Fozel. What's this team going to look like under your direction? You know, Tanner Howe, there's Ty Spencer, there's still some good pieces here. Yeah, um, you know, I think it's I think it's pretty obvious to everybody what spot we're in here. But you know, we feel like we up front we've had a lot of returning guys who had some playoff experience last year up front, especially um, those guys are hungry to try to push for a playoff spot and play for you know play some meaning games, meaningful games in the spring. Um, so you know, the back end we're going to be really young, but uh, and then unfortunately our goalie, our starting goalie from last year had hip surgery, so. We definitely got some uh, work to do on the back end, so it's going to be a, a, a defense by committee thing. We got to be conscientious of that. So um, I think when we start from that, we'll be a real competitive team. You know, mm-hmm. good good things will happen. What do you What are you looking for from your netminders now that you talked about uh, your starter being out with the hip problem? Uh, Hugh A's come in here. Uh, uh, what are some? Who are some of the other names we're going to be looking at in net here? Yeah, Kelton Pine, a local kid from White yeah. City. Uh, he's kind of been with the program, played with the Pat C's for a couple of years. So he's coming into his 18-year-old year. He has experience in the league. Hasn't really established himself yet. But, um, you know, he had a he's had a good preseason here. So we're looking forward to him to, you know, the biggest thing for our goal is just give you a chance to win every night. I think between the two 18-year-olds, you know, he weighs showed a lot of promise in in training camp and through uh through the preseason um it's just about them sharing the committee and uh and giving us a chance to win that's michael ball with the head coach of the regina pats brad Haroff. your pat chat is brought to you by today's show sponsor the canadian brew house and their summer feature menu including jalapeno popper dip hangover helper new candlestick fries and so many other features flavors and cocktails let's get into press coverage with glenn Suter. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzing, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of bounds. It's time for press coverage as former Ryder Greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Ryder Nation. Right back inside the sports cage here on this Thursday for the Canadian Brewhouse, and it's time for press coverage now with Glenn Suter, TSN's Glenn Suter for Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan. QualityTire.ca is the place to go. So, uh, Glenn, I guess what game or games do you have this week? 
Yeah, it's a quick turnaround for me, uh, Sean. I got the BC Edmonton game uh, tomorrow night and then drive after the game to Calgary because it just doesn't make any sense to go an hour from downtown Edmonton to the airport. <laughs> Have to be there an hour and a half before takeoff. Possible delays there. We're already four hours and you haven't even, you know, wheels up yet. So I figure I might as well get in a rental car and drive drive to Calgary for game two, Montreal at Calgary. That's my uh, schedule this this week. So some planes, trains, and automobiles, Glenn Suter style, <laughs> coming up in the province of Alberta. We'll talk about those two games in a bit here, but uh, Riders and Red Blacks tomorrow. And I read an article yesterday from Tim Baines of the Ottawa Sun, and things got a little heated, I guess, at Red Blacks practice yesterday. Some punches were thrown, stockpile of bodies going at each other. So what do you make of a situation like that? Big deal, no deal at all. One could say it's good for a team, and you could also say the opposite. Yeah, I I never think it's a good idea or a good thing when we're this deep into the season. You know, it, it happens occasionally in training camp. I'm not sure it's a good thing then either. You know, I... This game, it requires of the players and coaches that you show ultimate discipline all the time. And the moment that that slips even a little bit is the moment that it may slip in a game. You know, how you conduct yourself in practice is going to be exactly what happens in games. It really is. It's amazing how it transfers. And if you practice well and you practice with great discipline, and you t- and you don't cut corners, then on the other end in- at game time, you're going to do the exact same thing. It gives you a best chance to win. It doesn't guarantee winning, but it gives you the best chance. So I, I think it's always a concern, especially this deep in the season. I, you know, I-, I know they're frustrated, but mm-hmm. hey, you know, so-, so is every other team that's coming off a loss. You know, you, you have to understand that – whether you're you're losing seven in a row, winning in seven in a row, um, the approach in practice has got to stay disciplined. It's got to stay detail oriented, and that just shows that it's slipping a little bit. But I'm sure Bob Dice will rein it in. Yeah, both those teams suffered some tough losses last week. Huh? I mean, Ottawa up big in the fourth quarter, and they let that one slip away. And then, of course, the Riders, a game that they expected to win. Uh, versus Edmonton at home also dropped that one. So this is a battle of two teams really, you know, kind of angry about their performances last week. It's going to be interesting to see how this game plays out tomorrow night. Yeah, I I agree. You know, I think not only where we are in the season, and, you know, I've always said that two points now and two points in July are the same two points. So uh, I'm not changing that approach, but... Now it's starting to sort itself out. You know, the rubbers meet in the road here as to where the positioning in the playoff run is going to sort of look like. And there is still a chance for Saskatchewan to control that destiny. And that's what they're looking at. That's what the urgency has got to be. The the next opponent is a step closer to making the playoffs in the West. So I, I think that's the most important aspect of this and for Ottawa you know I know a lot of people are saying that Ottawa is is you know should be panicking and this is terrible and it's a disaster and I'm hearing a lot of these type of things I I think Ottawa 
is building and and they're in the middle of a rebuild while they're while they're building and losing games so close like games that are one possession i think the last four losses in a row have been less than six point differences and how they lost against the lions was just you know would be a heartbreaking loss i know the frustration level would be high but i think there's a lot of you know positive there's not no moral moral victories just just like how close they are you know it's that it's that cartoon with the diamond on one side of the wall and the miners are all walking away with the, just a fraction of an inch between the wall and the diamond. There's one guy with the pick that's still walking towards it going, you know what, I'm going to give it one or two more shots because I've, I'm going to believe that the, the treasure is still back yeah. there. Well, that's, that's exactly what Ottawa's got to do. Just stick with it. Hey, the last game the Riders played in Ottawa, it was a 44-41 to 41 loss on June 20th. 2019. That's over four years ago. I believe that's the game that Dom Davis went off for like like 100 touchdowns or something like that. Isn't that kind of <laughs> isn't that kind of you know weird that this is the first time? I know the pandemic is slotted in there, but like the first time in four years, I know there's a lot of Rider fans in the nation's capital that are very excited to see the Riders come into town because it's been quite a while. Yeah, no, that that's going to be great, and I, you know, there's always you know you know that how well the team travels yeah. and how many fans there'll be in every park. But this is a chance for you know the fans out in Ottawa to to do that. I love the city, beautiful, clean city. I, the stadium is set up in that nice little restaurant area and right on the canal there, and it's just it's it's really quite nice for the fan experience and. Um, you know, you can't, you don't worry about what happened two years ago, three years ago, and the pandemic year, Sean. I'm, I don't, I'm not using any stats from it. I'm not using any, you know, um, trends from it. I'm not putting, changing any philosophy or, or any rule changes because of it. The pandemic year is a non year. And in fact, yeah. I just had a great conversation with BC. About it, I don't mean non-year as in the championship didn't matter. I mean you, everybody started in the same place, yeah. but no practice, no training camp, all that. Just scrap that year. And you mentioned those BC Lions. You're doing the game tomorrow in Edmonton. Uh, is it safe to say? Or I guess I'll ask it this way: Have we seen enough from Trey Ford at this point to you know really say that? okay, this guy is a legit starting quarterback in the Canadian Football League, or do we need to see more of a sample size? No, I, I think we've seen enough, and now it's a matter of, of really empowering Trey Ford to be the guy and giving him the keys and saying, you know, we're going to help you develop as a, you know, just increase to uh, improve on both sides, the both the dual threats, the, the running and the, and the throwing on the run and then from the pocket as well. And, I, you know, but his, his just natural – you know, God-given talent or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, religious belief you have, um, you know, I just, his, his just straight physical quickness, talent, speed. He, he ran a four, three forty mm-hmm. at the combine, no other quarterback, you know, you can, I think Kyler Murray is, is maybe the closest, but Patrick Mahomes wasn't close. There's no other quarterbacks in the world that run that fast. And Chris Jones told us this week that Trey Ford in his clock, when he, he timed him as well, 
with his own stopwatch, it was four one for him. <laughs> he smokes. I mean, I mean, we're, that's that's Deion Sanders' speed. Mm-hmm. Forget about quarterbacks. So you know, and and there, we have some of the guys in in our league that can run that fast, but they don't play quarterback. So you know, I I think he provides or or you know brings to the table so many challenges for defenses that absolutely yes i think for that reason alone you have to go as far down the road as you can with this guy develop him help him nurture him but also empower him you're the guy you're our team you're our franchise player here's the contract to match you're, he's going to be fantastic in the off season that's a whole another story and discussion but just for his physical abilities alone, I, I'm I'm all in on Trey Ford. I'm buying stock. Yeah. Press coverage with Glenn Suter here for Quality Tire on the Western Pizza Hotline. And uh, last one, Glenn, you're doing uh, Montreal-Calgary game as well on Saturday. So this is a big game for both teams. I mean, Montreal and Hamilton, they're deadlocked in the East Division right now, jockeying for, you know, that home playoff game. And then Calgary, they need wins if they want to make the playoffs. So yet another big game for both teams coming up this weekend. Well, it, it absolutely is because they're two teams that are really in the same place. They're not. They're still trying to find out who they are. What's their identity? Who? who what type of teams do they have? Sometimes they look like they're serious contenders. Sometimes, all of a sudden, for a quarter, they look like they're not going to make the playoffs, and they and they don't really deserve to. So, you know, I think these two teams going at each other you may see one separate itself from the other. And what's important here is that the crossover comes into play here with Hamilton on a bit of a run. Mm-hmm. Edmonton's not out of the picture yet in the West. Saskatchewan's got the slight lead there by two games. But the crossover may affect Montreal and Calgary. So, you know, I know head-to-head doesn't matter. If they're tied at the end of the season, the team in the division gets the playoff spot. But it. It's an important game to sort of gauge exactly where they are and which one of these teams is going to separate and make that playoff spot. Just make sure you don't run out of gas, Glenn, on the way down to Calgary this weekend. You know, have no John Candy type stuff going on. Hey, yeah, I hear you. It's now. Hey, this is a quick turnaround, I, but I also laugh because I don't think Troy Aikman's ever had to do this. No, that's we'll true. We love it. We love it. Hey, thanks, Glenn. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, John. TSN's Glenn Suter on the Western Pizza Hotline for Quality Tire. With nine locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. Wrapping up the show next, you are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, it's 5.52 inside the sports cage. I'm Sean Kleisinger taking you on through this nice-looking Thursday. I think it hit a high of plus 22 degrees today in the Queen City. Sunny. Soon as you know it, I know you don't want me to say it. I know you don't want me to talk about it. But the weather is bound to change. Winter is coming. I'm so sorry. A lot of people may be angry at me right now. But hey, I like to think of this as football weather. You know, this is perfect. Not wait for the next Riders home game, October 7th. That's going to be a nice fall classic as the Hamilton Tiger Cats come into town to take on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, 
going to be celebrating the 2013 championship team on that date as well. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just beat the Red Blacks tomorrow, please. Okay? Can you just beat the Red Blacks? That's what we need to do. The Red Blacks, they're a very frustrated team. It's well documented at this point. They uh, gotten a bit, got into a bit of a scuffle after practice yesterday. Now the Red Blacks are sitting at three and ten, and the Riders they lost a game that uh, they feel they should have won last week versus the Edmonton Elks. So it's uh, going to be going head to head tomorrow night, five p.m. kickoff, and uh, cannot wait for it. The pregame show will be on the air at two p.m. tomorrow, so that means there will be no sports cage. For obvious reasons, because the the Ryder pregame show will be in that time slot, and uh, Michael Ball, Luke Bollander will be calling their first ever game together at TD Place Stadium in the nation's capital. And if you missed any of today's sports gauge, you can always find it on demand wherever you find your podcasts. And at the beginning of this hour. We heard from the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Michael Ball. He checked in live from his hotel room in Ottawa, Ontario. And Ballsy said that Ottawa is his favorite CFL city. And he's been to them all, except Toronto, I believe. Toronto, BMO Field is the only one that he hasn't been to yet because the last two times the Riders have played the Argos, it's been touchdown Atlantic. But uh, Ballsy, very impressed walking around Ottawa, Ontario. Very clean, he said. Not too many cigarette butts laying around, you know? So uh, that's good to see. So that's it for my time. I mean, this has been a fun couple days, and I cannot wait to be back inside the sports cage alongside Michael Ball coming up here on Monday. The next time we will be on the air talking Saskatchewan Rough Riders football will indeed be tomorrow Afternoon, 2 p.m. countdown to kickoff with Daniela Ponticelli, the Rider Nation pregame show at 4 p.m. And then uh, kickoff shortly after 5 o'clock. And the Rider depth chart came out today. Charbel DeBeer, he's going to be backing up. Uh, Mr. Christmas at the defensive tackle position tomorrow. And earlier on this week, our own Blaine Weiland caught up with Charbel De Beer. We will talk to you tomorrow. Go Riders. All right, I'm joined with Charbel De Beer and Charbel just talk about how tough that was in the second half of Friday's game with four defense three defensive linemen going down in the short amount of span of time. Yeah, it was definitely a tough one, you know, uh, unexpected. Uh but it's football, you know, where we need to be ready for that. When somebody goes down, we got to just be ready to come back with the next guy up, ready to do his job and you know it was nice that people were able to rally and finish the game and you know just staying there sticking it and no more injuries after that but it's a tough one and never like when that happens but just got to regroup try to get back on track and then play the next game you know was it also a tough situation too with a running quarterback and a team that relies on the run as much as Edmonton does yeah definitely I mean but we're all we're all uh taught to play the run so we all do the same thing so no matter what if one goes down the next person go coming in is supposed to be on, on par same level or better than the next person uh, that just dropped so you know it was just on us that one we let too many yards go and yeah we just got to do better what's it like at practice this week when you're missing a lot of, of the veteran presence Anthony Lanier Pete Robinson wasn't here today what's it like in practice when you're missing those vet guys you know, it can be kind of slow, but, you know, it's a testament to our guys. You know, people are rallying up, uh, speaking up. The young people are talking up, you know, get, getting 
positions of leadership, trying to step up, take on the job when the vets aren't here, trying to do as much as they can, take on that load, you know, and just keep things going naturally. You spend a lot more time maybe working with the younger players as well this week? <laughs> Definitely, because new people coming up, we got to teach them the, the scheme and everything, trying to get them up to date as fast as possible and be able to get them in there without having them uh, being at risk of injuries or at risk of hurting us or them, you know, so it's definitely a tough one. But people, uh, the new guys are testament, uh, great guys. You know, they're taking things in real quick. They came from football, so they understand the game. So now it's just teaching them our scheme and then putting them in, in there. Yeah. In terms of a running quarterback, is Dustin Crum a little similar to Trey Four? Is it kind of a different style? Uh, he is a little similar. He's very elusive, uh, likes to run, and he'll find that gap uh, when he, it's there. But uh, a little different just because he doesn't use that whole field. So we just got to keep him contained, uh, keep them B-gaps closed, and make him have to play quarterback in the pocket. How big of an advantage is for you guys to uh, head out to Ottawa on Wednesday, get an extra day's rest, and, as opposed to Montreal when you guys went out on the day before on Thursday? Oh, yeah, definitely definitely a, a way better, you know, get, get us some time to acclimate to the weather, to the time, you know, get our bodies right, get that extra sleep in, in a nice bed, you know, in the hotel, and then just get our minds right, get walked through there, be able to get with the weather no matter what it is, and, yeah, definitely, definitely get our mind right, uh, helps us get into that game mode before game time. And I know you wore numbers 57 at times to keep it handy for you. Oh, has it been a kind of a couple nervous moments or anxious moments about you going into O-line this year? You know, it definitely has. Every time as an emergency O-lineman, you never think you're actually going to go in there. But first game, it almost happened. Then just recently, it almost happened. But I'm ready. You know, I played um, center in uh, high school, center in D-line. Some kicker, punter, you know, so I'm just here to answer the, the call when it's, when it's needed. I'm hoping nobody goes down, but I'm ready to pancake some boys if I do go up there. Charbel, you might have been answering this as I got here, but just how important is it for the new guys to get opportunities this week due to injuries to, to step up and play well? You know, yeah, it just it's very important because it just shows that we got that depth. We got to show that it's it's not about that old starter. Starter runs everything. We got to know we got depth on defense. We're a very physical team all the way around. So our people that are coming up just got to be ready for that. They train for this. They train to be in there, and now they're getting a shot. And they, I, they look ready. So. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Charbel. Appreciate it.